Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DustalProx.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead, and it feels like one of my ears is going out. Uh, joining me today, we have Birdie. That invincible's a menace! <laughs> and Nico. I've heard that it's good to podcast when when your ears feels like it's about to blow out. It's 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 very good to podcast. Apparently, it really helps. Oh yeah, totally. And <laughs> and in well, I could not be joining us here today in loving memory of our dear departed caveman. Uh, I have in his honor. I'll occasionally be going <clears throat> in the middle of this recording because I'm also I am fucking falling the goddamn apart. That is a joke for no one but me and maybe Birdie. Is he no longer with the channel? No, he no, he is. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to work in a burn into a thing he'll never listen to. <laughs> Nicely done. <sighs> Where Even are my pictures of Invincible? <laughs> Surprisingly, with how with like with how influential Spider-Man is as a like, you know, younger hero, there is no J. Jonah parallel in this. Like even as a joke. Mm, yeah, not really. Uh, I was about to say and maybe demeanor, you could say like Cecil kinda is, but not really. Not, no, not, <laughs> not at all. He, he's more of the Nick Fury pastiche in this, if anything, right? Yeah. I mean, but like, yeah, but I mean I was just, I guess I was going more by looks, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So I was just having fun with the fact that uh, J. Jonah Jameson is voicing Omni-Man, I believe. Yes, he is. He is. Yes. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Yep. So for those yeah. who haven't caught on yet, uh, today we're going to take a look at Invincible, uh, which if you haven't caught on by reading the title of the podcast, maybe look into that. But yeah, so with the show having come out last week and... Birdie having some free time. We decided, yeah, let's fucking get Jumpin' Invincible, finally. Uh, Nico and I, for those, for those for those new listeners, Nico and I, longtime fans of Invincible, we have been reading it basically for as long as he's been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, so much so that we actually, it was nice because the, the series wrapped up while I was still doing the podcast kind of like uh, every couple of weeks when we were still kind of doing it, uh, uh, we were able to talk about the finale at that time when it came out. So I was really happy about that. Uh, I, w- I remember I was reading it in trade at the time. So Dead Man had to kind of wait a few months for me to catch up and actually read that last chunk. And uh, yeah, so I, I do remember speaking on Invincible a few times during our, t- our time on the show together uh, quite fondly. Yeah. And uh, Birdie has not read Invincible at all until now. Yes, so welcome to the six-part miniseries of De- of Dead and Nico looking at me saying, oh, you haven't read Invincible, eh? <laughs> Let us fix that. Yeah, so this is, so we're not going to be doing this as like a full-on like, right, so here, right, so this month we're doing this, the next month we do the next chunk of, chunk of issues. We're going to be doing this when we have time and when we feel like it, doing like, doing just like Invincible nonstop for like the rest of the year would be a bit much. Mm-hmm. And so this is just kind of beginning. Uh, we are taking a look at issues one through 24, as well as a couple other like free comic day stuff. But that is, it's essentially just the first five trades. It's the first like, chunk, yeah. Yeah, it's a chunk of the first uh, omnibus, uh, but like the first five trade, like trade paperbacks or, that were released. That's or their about. first two hard covers, the uh, two ul- first two volumes of the ultimate collection. If you're going to be reading in that, in that format. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We just figured, you know, with the show coming out, 
this is the perfect time to do it. And it kind of worked out really well. Um, I'm not sure if it is no, it is still going on because it's going on until May. Uh, but like the day we like the day before the day after we decided to do this, the day like after we like set a hard date of when we're actually recording this, uh, Comicsology was like. Or Amazon was like, hey, until May, read the first three volumes of Invincible for free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you guys hear this and you're interested in in, uh, in picking this up after we talk about it. Uh, yeah, that is obviously the cheapest option if that is the case. I was going to say, if not, otherwise, I know they do, do digital sales on this. I know that's why I think when Birdie ended up picking up these uh, issues initially. And uh, also, like you mentioned, Deadman, there's those um, paperback um there are omnibuses. Um, there are compendiums. The ones that they do, like for like uh, Kirkman's done it for like Walking Dead. That's like the biggest chunk of comics you can get, probably on the cheap. If you actually want to physically own this, yeah, uh, the, it's one of those big fat compendiums. I think it's like fifty bucks, and I think you get like I don't know forty or fifty issues usually in those things. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, the. Uh, I think yeah. they're like six. Actually, sixty dollars retail. I think US actually. Um, but they're a good deal. They're a good bang for your buck. Like, um, if you're just yeah, looking to read like a chunk of it. Yeah, there are three compendiums uh, with vol- with a uh, volume one doing issues one through forty seven, as well as a couple other things. Uh, volume two, forty eight through ninety six, and then uh, volume three, ninety seven to the end. Yeah. But yeah, so we can also say if you're coming here from the show or anything, um potential spoilers because we're gonna be going through things that we're gonna, be, we're gonna be going through things that happen in the show as well as things that happen beyond the show because the show is just beginning to air i think four episodes are at a time of release right nico yeah yes yeah, so four, uh, so four episodes yeah. uh, four episodes have been released at time of recording so anything that we so at, at a certain point i do not know i haven't i haven't watched the show yet uh, I just kind of wanted to have my f- attention be focused on the comic and not go and not go like, well, in the show and then well, in the comic and just kind of like jump back and forth. I'm I have done my best to keep my keep shit condensed and pres- and like concise. So having an extra thing to look at. Mm. Yeah, I think you made the right decision on that because, uh, uh, yeah, to Dead Man's point, guys, if you uh, are listening to this before you've caught up on the show, uh, there's things I think that have happened in these issues which haven't been addressed yet in the show that haven't come up uh, as of yet because they're kind of bouncing around a little differently. It seems like in the pacing and the way they're addressing some of the uh, moments that happen in these issues that we'll be discussing today. Uh, so at least at the time of this recording, yeah, there is some things that we'll be discussing today that for sure have not yet come up in the show, but everything that's happened in the show has happened in these, these issues. Um, just, just a little extra, I would say. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Like, I'm glad I, 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 I would rather focus and talk about the comic clearly instead of making those comparisons. So that's actually good on you that you were able to not to watch it, dead man. Cause I, I kind of, I was stuck doing that <laughs> a little bit, uh, because this newest episode when it did come out, um, I was definitely comparing where they were at a little bit in the show to what I had just read previous to coming on the show. Right. So I'm going to try to keep that separate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll be getting into the comic now. Um, Starting issue one, and issue one uh, kicks things off with a very, I feel like, tone-setting scene, because it starts in media as res of just, like, a thing that's going to be happening in, like, fucking issue four. But yeah, just Invincible has a guy with a, like, bomb strat with, a, like, a bomb vest or whatever, 
hucks him. He blows up, and then he's just like completely unfazed by it. <laughs> Which is kind of just the mo of this show going forward of, or the series going forward of just people kind of not being really phased by all the death they cause. Violence is not played up to be yeah like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's much, much like every much like everything else in the series. Violence is just a thing that happens to people, and it and they just accept it and move on. Like while like obviously for like story reasons, there are certain things that like have way more of an effect on people. In general, the destruction, the death of the whatever, especially of villains, is largely treated as just, eh. it just is. Yeah, and I, I would say so much so that as the series goes on, like, the way they address, like, I think a lot of comic tropes where people come back after maybe getting killed or or so, in some sense like that, people can just take, like, massive beatings in this yeah. <laughs> and somehow like be okay like yeah. you know I mean? there's like, literally okay, a pri- like, there's literally know? a primary character called the immortal yeah, yeah. which i i always thought he was kind of like the um that dude from dc what's his name um well i mean he's part of the justice Vandal savage or something right like i thought i always looked at that guy as yeah, i know he's, he's a villain he's the only one who i couldn't tell which Justice League member he was supposed to be making fun of because the rest were kind of obvious. He's Van- yes. Although yeah, some were he's, composites. He's basically Superman. Like like, like Omni Man is the Superman, but he is not the Superman in right. the in the this team because he's not a part of that team. Right. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I get what you're saying because I he you're right. He's kind of like the one that I couldn't really figure out in that sense either. I always just looked at him because he kind of, with his name, hence the immortal name, I always thought of Vandal Savage about when I thought of him, but at the same time, like he's not really like Vandal yeah, Savage. Yeah, no, right? like, Design-wise, he very much is Vandal Savage, but... Yeah. Yeah, his aesthetic, the way he acts, it's a little nebulous, whereas everything else is pretty clear. Although I think the Wonder Woman comp- uh, character is more a Wonder Woman, a composite of Wonder Woman and uh, Barda. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. And I said this to Dead Nico as I was reading this. I am really hoping we are past, because some of the humor in this really works, some of it doesn't. Yep. And some of it's just the traits of humor from this time, and one trait from humor from this time that I hope is dead and stays dead is making fun of Aquaman just for being Aquaman. Yeah, we'll get there. Right. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, to your point, I know Dead Man, you're just opening up with this first issue, but I, I just wanted to draw attention to though to this great throwaway gag that they use as a callback several issues later <laughs> when he first gets his powers. Rereading this, yeah. like it's been so long since I've read this, I was like, when it came back, that joke of him throwing the bag in the air and then like landing in London. <laughs> Like seven issues later, like with no context, like if you picked it up at that point and you didn't read this first issue and know that, yeah, I just I laughed so hard reading reading this. I I was I I don't know. I loved it. I love a good callback joke. So for me, like for him, literally just putting a page dedicated to this joke that he just planted in the first issue, (laughs) and like it didn't pay off to like several issues later. Yeah. So I have that, thoughts on that. And so I liked it. That comes later. So after that opening <laughs> scene, uh, we flash back to and, in, and get introduced properly to Mark Grayson, uh, son yeah. of Deborah Grayson and Omni Man, the world's bestest hero. Ooh. 
and to kind of keep with like the way they treat violence all, everyone's reaction to like in this entire first issue is just the things happen they're like all right then and move on yeah like i like they turn on the news yeah. oh dad's fighting a fucking dragon oh well i gotta go to school to your point though i that's i'll just i'll just say it out the gate um you know, uh, I do have love for this comic, but I think re- upon rereading this, I think he definitely had some major pacing issues in this first yeah, volume. This, this fuck this first issue yeah. just blazes through. Yeah, like it's it's so weird because there's like a lot of things that happen, but we don't get to spend time with any of these things that happen. So it's just like it's like and then and just the pacing's really, really fucking weird. I would say even throughout the first trade. Yeah. The pacing of like him setting up this story. And mind you, I, I, I'm going to give him some credit in the sense that like this is a new independent comic superhero world which i think is hard to get off the ground initially and have people interested in it because you don't have years of continuity and familiar characters to attach to these people at this point in time so it it is it is difficult talking about nico this is this is the cornerstone of the ever building image (laughs) universe. yes yes yes, of course yeah (laughs) of course yeah yeah like technically I think this character actually did get introduced in Savage Dragon. Mm-hmm. So just this whole, whole thing of like, yeah. hey, I was like, all right, we have Savage Dragon, our main guy. Let's introduce Invincible. Okay, Invincible's the face of the company now. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know, I know I know Super Patriot was brought up several times throughout this, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, come on now. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and so. Mark gets his powers finally. He'd been waiting to get his powers forever. He's like, you know, fucking 17 and finally gets his powers after hucking garbage across the goddamn ocean by accident. Uh, <laughs> learns to fly and then immediately goes out of superheroing. Uh, <laughs> running into a character who is not named and will be very important later. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, And this is just a thing. Where do these like who's the goggle guy for all these fuckers? Because every single, like, ghetto superhero costume, which is just, hey, I got a track suit and some and a fucking mask. It's always goggles. Every single one of them has fucking goggles, and I have no idea where they get them. <laughs> well, you see, Edna has a no capes policy, but not a no goggles policy. Well, yeah, but does she have, like, a goggle guy? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, she's a fashion designer. That doesn't mean she does her own soap, her, uh, her own seamstring, for which she has to mass produce it. Fair enough. She's an artist, darling, not a businesswoman. <laughs> yeah, she she's the fashion, she's the superhero equivalent of a producer. She gets everyone together, goes fucking DJ Khaled, and then everyone just makes her shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we get introduced to art. Uh, yeah, another relatively important, another like character wise is relatively important, but I don't think he does a whole lot for like plot. No, but it's nice to have somebody working with the superhero community at this point pointed out. And I've always liked the whole I'm the guy that makes the costumes for the superheroes thing. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a, ni- yeah, it's a nice yeah. thing. It's a it's a really cool thing of like having that world building of just of just, hey, not everyone's a fucking seamstress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we get Invincible Suit and I really like it. Like when we when we get his actual full suit, which is like largely black bodysuit, blue 
blue boots, white gloves, and then this like blue yellow combo thing kind of leading into this massive like essentially like building an eye into his suit without just having an eye literally in the middle yeah. of his chest. Right. Why he's named Image? I mean, Invincible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think the intro of his costume is a very odd like Superman reference because like the way he's holding the car. Right. Yeah, it's like it, it's like the uh, the Action Comics number one shot from the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we didn't, and I haven't mentioned that up till now. But uh, for the majority of the series, art duties are held. Art duties are handled by Ryan Otley, a fucking spectacular artist. Not at first. Not at first, though. The first like eight issues, I think, are done by Corey Walker. Well, Noth- it, nothing against get- the guy. It's fine, but my point was not just that like Corey Walker's not as good as Ryan Otley. It's that uh, I, again, behind the scenes baseball, I had a running commentary for Nico and Dead while I was doing my required reading for this podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, the first five or six issues where Otley was the lead artist, I didn't notice Walker. much of a difference. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's very odd. He, I agree. He gets yeah. He gets progressively he better. Up. But like it's almost pretty quickly, but it, it, it's it's not immediate. Yeah, it, you it's, know it's a I, gradient it, to kind of ease you into his it, art style, so it isn't just a hard cut, right? And to see where he goes, like even past the issues that we read today, he progressively gets better because this was like his first like big gig in comics. So like it's it's awesome to see his progression as the series goes on. So much so that I'm happy to hear you guys were kind of you know into maybe like continuing to read this summer down the road because i i really quite enjoyed revisiting this in in that sense but but i i for for whatever reason like his his line is like thinner and like it's less detailed and like his characters are smaller it seems like a lot a lot of the character work i don't know it's it's hard to describe i was trying to figure out what it was exactly in these first several issues like you said when he became the artist what was different of it and it's the big thing is for me is the eyes yeah. yeah, like his characters are a lot more expressive. So, They're able to like have a lot more. So, like, well, yeah, not just that. Go like, ahead. Since the eyes for Walker's characters have no pupils, mm. uh, I, I kept yeah. thinking this was Coraline and that they were all in the opposite universe where everyone was going to eat Mark. But uh, Yeah, it's all. They're all like real, just dead plastic eyes. Also, he uses a lot of lines. Like, I think Ryan Otley just got better, like, knowing, like, how to use less lines in his face, like, his faces and stuff like that. Like, like I don't know. Like, it just seems like it's... But I thought Jim Lee told us more lines was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he just got smarter. Like, his art got cleaner, but yet still more detailed at the same time, if that makes sense. I don't yeah. know. Like, he just yeah. knew what he was doing, I think, more so as time went on with this book. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, maybe... And and I think probably even the inker, because I think as time goes on, he had a different inker that helped his work in this. I believe I think Cliff Rathburn, I think, was his inker later on. I'd have to ch- check that. But I remember he had a different anchor as time went on but but for the purposes of this volume, yeah, no, I think it's all him, I think, at this point in time. So maybe that was what uh yeah, it says it has him. It has him as penciler and inker accredited. Has is so maybe that's what changed a little bit too. Because I think as time goes on, I think Ryan Otley isn't the anchor anymore. I think he just does pencils as the series yeah. goes on. So, um, but yeah, I love I love Ryan Otley's art. So like this was, but you're right, Bert, to, to Bertie's point. Yeah, it he, he's not as good as he turns out to be in these first uh, 
these this first uh you know several issues or whatever he does by the end of my required reading i started to get the ryan otley i'm more used to but yeah uh, I, I remember I, I mentioned to Nico, okay, I'm almost done with the Walker art. That's going to get better. It's like, oh, no, no, it's about, about the same for a while. It takes a little while for him to yeah, yeah. let loose. I so yeah. that was issue one. Yeah. Issue two is where things kind of start really picking up a pace in not a great way because it is just a fucking, like, the first half of issue two is just a dump. Yeah. Because it's just, hey, this is the backstory of Viltraman where Omni Man, his dad, came from. Mm-hmm. Which is big space place. Everyone had powers. We want to make things better. I'm going to go to Earth. Oh, hey, your mom. This will in no <laughs> way be ironic. Not at all. Uh, this is also where we introduce the Maulers, uh, characters who will sh- be showing up, I think, throughout the rest of this book. I think throughout the rest of the book. Uh, are they, yeah. is this the blue man group that yeah. has the yeah. buff, but also scientists? Yeah, this is the Mahler twins. Can't decide who's the clone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, that's a joke that continues throughout the, the series. About it is, <laughs> I guess, funny. Like I see, I see the structure of jokes in this, but it's one of those. Yeah, it, it's it's not someone bombing at stand up. It's more sort of like you, someone coughs in the room at stand up, but no one really laughs. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of lame. I I I think it's a it's more of a funny idea. Um, It doesn't really have you know. It doesn't. Well, like I said, there's a structure of a joke there. It's just I don't know something about the delivery. It's sure. Yeah, and then then we also with them we meet we meet the teen team, a team destined to die, but with every character being relatively important. Yeah, which is robot, Adam Eve, Rexplode, and Duplicate. Can, yeah. you, can you guess what they do? <laughs> Pretty much the only person whose well, name isn't explicitly well, what they I mean, are is Adam Eve. Yeah, I was about to say Adam Eve. Like, based on her name, I would assume she's like sinful and like wants to destroy the Earth. But I know, but I like that character, so I know that's not true. But yeah, it's Atom Eve, not Adam Eve. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I? What yeah, I know. I did that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. Then another one, of the, and the bomb vest from issue one actually finally happens at the very end of that issue. Yeah. yeah. And wait, did we mention robot? Uh, uh, yeah, we mentioned robot. Okay, all right, couldn't remember because I know we <laughs> robot's the only one who's like not a pun, just a just a, just what he is. I I, I am. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm robot. What do you do? Guess. So, no, it's like. What are you? Who are you? Robot. No, not what are you? Who are you? Yes. <laughs> I, I just got to get this out of the way early on here, too. Um, you know, I'll say this because I know, like, if we're going to continue in, in Birdie's first time reading it, I'm not going to spoil anything. But it's so interesting upon this reread of this for me. And I know Deadman will know where I'm coming from, seeing where some of these characters were at this point in time and where their character arcs eventually lead us. Yes. Because there's there's there is. Yeah, it's. It, I gotta say, like some of these character arcs of some of these characters that are even like minor characters in these first twenty four issues become big parts of the story, like later de- on down the road. So it was yeah. interesting. It was just interesting to see it. Like I'm not gonna spoil anything, but yeah, it's this just, is the it's, only. It, yeah, this, this is the only real comparison I can make, just because he's the only one who does stuff like this. But this is like on a very, very, very much smaller scale, kind of Oda. Where he'll just like have some fucking throwaway character in like one panel or on like a cover story, and then they will become really important like two hundred chapters later. But in this, it's obviously not. It's obviously not the breadth of One Piece. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, like so many characters they will introduce as just, hey, here is some aspect of the world. And then guess what? Like 30 issues later, they're a main part of the cast. Right. Yes. Yeah, so issue three. Uh, they're the bombing thing is now the actual storyline of what they're investigating. Uh, Mark goes out superheroing with his dad, which that's always so it's always fun. Like it's, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed like all of the like I kind of again like the mundane superheroing stuff. Just like hey, you want to go out? You want to go like fucking out superheroing with your old man? And then you see him just solve shit in like seconds mm-hmm. before Invincible could even react. Just showing hey. what he just showing like what basically setting the goalpost for what Invincible could be. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really like that entire like aspect of it. Uh, then yeah, because he's st- he's so green at this point. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's, he's so been like it, he's been doing it for like two months. Yeah, and he still doesn't know like anything about like what his like you know, or or he can't he has he hasn't even touched his potential as of yet in terms of power source, right? Like yeah, because, yeah. So it's 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah like he's just gonna get stronger and stronger as the book goes on and. Like just seeing him, just just seeing like the, what that will eventually turn into is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a recurring segment, the Flaxen Invasion, which is the weird this, bug uh, dudes who age so in these minutes. Are the guys whose whose dimension can't does, handles time differently than ours. Okay. Yeah. 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 These guys are a recurring segment. Hmm. Actually, I can't remember. Is it the time it works differently in their dimension, or that like their cellular matrix, like their telomeres break down faster in our universe? Time works different. Okay. Yeah, in in their universe, time like time goes faster. Yeah. So when they come over to our timeline, their bodies still age at the speed of the their bodies like age relative to their like the time difference. So like in their dimension, like eight months pass, but in ours, like a couple days. So yeah, uh, and this is, and actually mentioning the whole uh, like uh, like looking back thing, this is kind of the beginning. Like this is like the first real hint that uh, of what Omni Man's going to be doing because, like during this invasion, as as he's fighting these guys off, we see him like pick up a tank and he doesn't have laser vision, but for some reason his eyes are glowing red in like a in in like a like a silhouette thing that he just screams get off my planet with the emphasis on my that you can just barely see because the text is actually bolded like almost all of it mm-hmm. is and you just see him mm-hmm. like fucking pissed as hell to the point where mark actually is like concerned about his fucking like he just asks him, like hey are you you good mm-hmm. which that is neat i didn't notice that first time reading it and actually like getting back to looking at it again just you know because of <sighs> It was cool. A little foreshadowing, a little foreshadowing in a way too. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you get, you yeah, kind of say there has been a build up to this since the very beginning of the book, almost. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, meanwhile, another bomb, and then his dad gets kidnapped by the Flaxons. Again, this just treated as whatever. It obviously, has an effect on the mom, but yeah. it, again, it's just a thing well, that I happens. Mean, I, that's the one bit of that I kind of liked uh, from a more subtle like yeah, the kind of the idea that she's used to the idea that oh her husband is basically Superman so she knows he she he can handle these things but it but but doesn't make it any what's less happening to him yeah but specifically since she can't see what's happening she still worries about the unknown even though some down when we're deep inside her she thinks he can still handle it 
Oh yeah, like that's the thing. Like, she she is like the conscious thought is yes, my husband is the fucking bee's dick. He is awesome. He can't be fucking killed. But because she can't see him, it's like, but what if? <laughs> yeah, she'd rather see him on the news addressing these things than being in another dimension and not be able to keep track of him. Right. Like, you yeah. know, she knows that he, he should be fine and it's happened many times. And, and yeah, it, it, she, it, you know, as time goes on in the book, it's addressed further and uh, yeah. 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 It's I, yeah. It's, uh, I, the, it's, it's my cl- favorite moment uh, is when she said, you, Sorry, yeah, I was gonna say my favorite moment is when she missed. Uh, he, she mentions how he missed um, Mark's birthday one year, like years ago. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, and it's actually shown like a lot more in issue four, the next issue, uh, because yeah. like there's a, there's like an entire like I think it's like a two page like panel. Like, no, uh, sorry, one page panel thing. Uh, well, not one page panel. It's just like one page, and just like within like six panels, they kind of like really show how this shit is affecting her. Or in a in a way that like not that basically no other superhero books do like so like so many of them have these superhero spouses that are just like yeah he's whatever and never really address how fucked it is to be watching your fucking significant other just almost die every week. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, then nothing really else happens in issue four. They fucking figure out who the bomb guy is though. Is their teacher right? And then that's yeah. then that's issue one. Oh, um, did we mention in the middle of this that uh, Mark discovers that one of the uh, team team is his high school friend uh, or high school uh, classmate? Yeah, classmate. Uh, yeah, Sam is that her her non? Yeah, that, that that's her non. Yeah, her non hero name is Sam. She is Atom Eve. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, she's, for whatever reason, she decides she needs a secret identity when she doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, I know. And uh, and at this point, I guess you've also learned at this point that she's have we learned that she's dating Rex Blode as of yet? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. OK, that's what I thought. OK. Yeah. They mention it uh, as Mark, you know, starts coming around and, and, and getting to meet the team a little bit more. And, you know, his presence, you know, is around more and they're hanging out. It's mentioned to him, I guess, uh, you know, by robot and, and also by um uh, Adam Eve, uh, that uh, that she's dating Rex Splode, yeah. uh, who's part of the team. Which, at this again, yeah. uh, who's a douche? He's <laughs> kind of a he's kind of a douche. <laughs> yeah, but like, but points to Mark. Like, he's never pushy. He's always respectful. No. I'm, I'm so used yeah. to like the teen angst male character, male lead in these kinds of stories. Yes. Yeah. Just letting his hormones or his emotions get the better of him, and he end up doing something stupid. I don't know. Mark never really does. He's yeah. No. Like, like Mark is kind of a stand up guy in every relationship he's in. Uh, absolutely, and that stood out to me too, uh, Birdie. Yeah, that's a great point because, like, even even when it's like he has opportunities, like to kind of, you know what I mean, like um, console her or be there. Like, it, just he's just there as a friend, and he doesn't take advantage of the situation. Yeah, uh, it seems like it. Uh, you know, so it's it's yeah, it is interesting yeah. to see that because you don't Which get enough is of that. Why I sometimes get annoyed at Kirkman for like engineering the the more cliche dumb situations where people would like like out them as like oh you have a crush on her but it's like no no she's a friend she's with someone else i'm not hitting on her yeah like it's like it's it's a weird cliche it's a weird clash between 
better than average character writing and more cliched plot writing that is mm. kind of odd. Yeah. Like it's obvious from jump he likes her, but he never does anything until it is at a until they are both at a position where they could do something. Right. Which I guess must I I don't know if it's a spoiler for y'all to tell me this or not. I would assume based on every fan art I have seen of this series and official covers <laughs> together, yes. that they are going to be a couple yeah. because yeah. they are not a couple at the end of our of our required no. reading. Yeah. No. For our next chunk of required reading, they probably end up a couple there. Yeah. Which which again, even even knowing that that's going to be his love interest somewhere down the line, you know, we're basically tw- almost 25 issues in of this series. And I know this went on a long time, but he didn't pull that trigger kind of right away, which, yeah, you know no, what like, I mean? Like that's it, it, it was very know. much inevitable. Yeah. Actually, and it was again, hinted actually again, calling back to the call back to the Spider-Man thing. Fucking red hair yes. classmate. Right. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although. um, I don't I guess we. I'll save talking about Amber until we get to her because I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about her as a character, but th- let's progress the plot a little before yeah. we get to her. So issue five, Alan the Alien, the best fucking yes. character in this goddamn book. Yes. I was so happy when, Birdie, you said that in the chat prior to this. You're like, I well, like this. I was, I was, I was <laughs> confused at first because, like, the, 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 I mean, the setup is meant to be, like, comedically confusing because yes. Mark goes out into space to meet some yeah. like, unknown challenge. Yeah, he gets a call from his dad saying, like, hey, you gotta go to space you gotta fight a dude <laughs> then he gets up there and alan just fucking immediately is like hey new guy what's up blam and then they start fighting and mark apparently being yeah. the first person to fucking ask is like hey hold the fuck up what is happening <laughs> yeah. Yeah. turns out alan uh working for the coalition of planets is the planetary Superhero champion trainer. And evaluator. He goes to different. He goes to different planets that are part of the coalition and fights their given champion to make sure that they have someone up to snuff to protect their planet. And for the last yeah. twenty years, he's been coming to Earth thinking it was a different planet. Yeah, yeah no, I thought Ooh, it was like, oh, is it like, yeah. I just like no, no, no. You wanted Earth. This is Earth. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Uh, it's that. It's that level of joke. But I think it works really well just because of Alan's character. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was really happy to hear that you said, you're like, oh, I really like this Alan guy. Because again, he's a huge character as the series goes on. I won't yeah. say that. Well, yeah. And, and uh, like, it, he, it, I love Alan. I, I hope he, he gets better because the last time I see him in this set of issues, he gets pretty royally fucked. But, uh, yeah, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I, I lo- I, but I, yeah, I, I just love this character. I think he's, he's, he's great. Yeah, I, I, I'm I really a, enjoy him. I'm going to just say it would not surprise me at all if Kirkman had some level of inspiration from Dragon Ball for the series. Because because almost every fucking character is when we are brought to we, when we are brought to near death we come back stronger. Well, not even <laughs> not just that. Uh like this is uh I guess it's not really a spoiler given what we're going to talk about in this set of issues, but uh it's We'll we'll get there. What we learn about Viltrum seems very Saiyan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, moving on to issue six. Just a fucking thing that I really, really like that nothing else really does because we don't have a whole, like, there. there is a surprisingly, like, few number of, like, of, like, you know, 
father son like legacy characters like this like especially at this yeah, power level um, yeah because we hadn't gotten to um uh the kent the kent son yet Not yeah yet, like, anyway. like there is like there's basically like like for a while these guys were kind of it and so seeing just like the seeing just like the like dumb almost like joke ideas of mundane father-son thing but with superpowers like playing catch by hucking a ball around the planet mm-hmm. well yeah. well, well that's even like from the last issue where uh the mom was uh making fun of Omni-Man because apparently Omni-Man had never had it in his head to actually talk to the person attacking him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, um, uh, what was going to say? Uh, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, I'll get, it'll come back. <laughs> Al, Alan will hit you. You'll remember everything. Eventually. Yeah. Oh, we get a call back. We get the callback of the joke in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. First time, yes. Yeah, we do. The guy uh, in London gets gets hit by the bag of uh, Burger Mart uh, <laughs> garbage. Yeah, just lands right next to him as he's walking his dog, and it's like, "Hey, what?" <laughs> because you know this is an English person written by an American. <laughs> but they say it the second time around too. It's the same thing with the graduation. <laughs> with yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. The same thing. Hey, what? <laughs> um. Yeah. So this issue. Um. Another thing that like, you don't really see a whole lot, I guess, with like, like especially not like this quick. Mark's going for university interviews. He's like about to graduate high school, which you'd expect like year fucking like twenty five, not issue yeah, six. Is like, yeah, this is not um, like this is not Power Rangers where um, we're, we're trapped in high school hell for eternity. Yeah, this is not Phineas and Ferb where summer vacation lasts three years. <laughs> I remember what I, what, what I was going to say now, actually. I was going to say, that again, t- to my point earlier about the pacing of this book, it, it, it seems like they're trying to cover so much ground at first, and it's kind of all over the place. But at the same time, he takes moments to, like you, like you said, like talk about some of the more mundane kind of moments or like moments. He'll dedicate a couple of pages to him do, doing a father-son you know what I mean? Like training session and stuff like that. So it, it, it's, it's, it, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how, what he chose to focus on in this first arc of the story. Like, yeah. It, it, right. And, and like, you can tell already it's not conventional in the sense, like this isn't a story. Like you could see, he wanted to do something long-term here very early on. I would feel, uh, not like a, a a your 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 Marvel or DC book where they're like we're gonna write for the trade and this is gonna be a five or six issue arc where we need to cover this much storyline to get to a certain point by the end of it so we can move on to the next set of events. Yeah, that like is this. true. I, although I will argue that creates a problem some of the time. Yes. where there are huge chunks in between major story beats where it feels like nothing's happening. Yeah. Right. That again. Or that's why the pacing is so weird. Way the fuck down. Yeah, which is the only time this at all feels like. Because um, this is another thing I mentioned when I was talking to Dead and Nico while I was reading this. This doesn't feel like the Kirkman I'm familiar with. The uh, uh, guy punching demons out of people, Walking Dead writer Kirkman. This does not feel like that writer, or maybe it's just not yet. Yeah, it really doesn't. Which is which is why this is my favorite thing he's written. 
Like, I, I don't know. Like, I get for sure this is him flexing a different type of muscles, it seems like. So he's trying to bring something different to this. But I think this is I think this is just how he wants. He wanted to do superhero comics, right? Like, yeah. I think that's why it didn't work out for him at the other company like when he worked at marvel and stuff like that because like he well, just didn't help that some of his marvel shit stuff was kind of shit like i read recently his yeah believe work which was like ugh, really? well, yeah but that, that's entirely possible that he just doesn't gel with that style right mm-hmm. like he's like he's like an indie guy and everyone's trying to get him to wrestle wwe style but he he's a he's a '90s image kid though through yeah, and through. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, that, he's that's, a, he's, so, yeah, he's very much a '90s image kid. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean. Like knowing all that, and then reading this, and yes, he tries to in, in, make it, this inclusion to the image superhero universe by doing this book uh whether or not he was as successful as he wanted to be with that or not uh you know i think also has to say a lot to do with his peers like a lot of books weren't coming out regularly i think at this time that he was referencing for what me. other Rob than Liefeld you know. <laughs> <laughs> right right so anyways uh, you know, that's a whole other conversation, though. But <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what, by by 2010, what was Todd McFarlane doing? Suing Neil Gaiman? Uh, he was <laughs> he was making toys. Mm-hmm. So suing Neil Gaiman? Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. So other things happened to this issue. Um, Robot got invited to the Guardians of the Globe, kind of the Justice League equivalent, disbands the Teen Team. Uh, we see a very, we see a heavily shadowed, very desperate man talking on the phone while his butler stands there holding the phone. <laughs> I don't know rich people shit. And then during the interview, and during like the university tour stuff, uh, big old robot zombie attacks, and William, Mark's best friend, finds out Mark is invincible, fucking instantly. Yeah, and, and this yeah, is a, it's, 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 it's the thing that keeps happening, and I kind of fucking love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird um, trope of this story, at least so far, that I, I kind of like. That, like, people are not idiots. They can, like, put two and two together and figure out a logical conclusion so that people don't have to do the, oh, my God, I never suspected you were blank reveal. Yeah. But, but they also don't immediately do the, well... Secret identities are stupid. They shouldn't exist thing. And this was going back to your never-ending trope of superhero comics, Dead, that there's never, there's no middle ground between. It's either nobody knows or everybody knows, which this fits nicely kind of in the middle of that. Yeah, like, like people, people find out because, you know, they're not idiots, but it's no one's first assumption. No. Like, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to Amber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so last And I guess... Week, this robot's the earliest version of the, uh, eventually, which are the Animen, right? Yeah, the Reanimen. That's it, Reanimen, yeah. Yeah, which is which is a term we find out in this. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so uh, Art ends up calling in Omniman and Mark uh, because a suit got stolen. A suit he was working on for Black Samson, a guy who used to be a part of the Guardians, but lost his powers. And then, mm-hmm. and then Adam Eve sees something in the teen team base, which really, freak, really fucks her up, I guess. Uh, on to issue seven, where we finally get to meet the Guardians of the Globe, our Justice League equivalent, as well as the very interesting, the very legally distinct Midnight City, a city that is perpetually in midnight, 
which is to say it is perpetually looking like the Batman animated series. <laughs> yeah. Like a suit, like a, a guy, a guy called the Midnight Magician killed himself there. And then that caused some fucking curse to happen where the city is perpetually in midnight. And they portray that by having the backgrounds be entirely red, you know, like Batman did. <laughs> and speaking of Batman, let's get dangerous as Darkwing shows up. Yes. <laughs> uh, you got real quiet all of a sudden. He's in the background. <laughs> He's away from the mic. Sorry, let me say that again. Uh, I had to make that joke to Dead Nico yeah. the first time. His yeah. <laughs> yeah. name is Darkwing. How do you not do it? Well, we, we kind of, we at the end of the last issue, too, we kind of rushed Kirkman past. know? Kirkman had to have He known. fucking had to, dude. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> It, but it's funny because as as quickly as he kind of comes up with these like, you know, like pastiches or like kind of references to like, jokes. yeah, he kind of squ- squash as we're getting to his squashes them as soon as he starts them almost. It's just like, yeah, fucking- he's just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, hey, guys, look, it's like the Justice League, right? Ah, oh, never mind. Don't worry about these guys. <laughs> yeah. And like the art well, style, I mean, line, as we as, and like the as arts- I said, the only one that seems like he didn't care at all was. Yeah. The Aquaman pastiche. Yeah, and it's it's real fucking weird because like the art style like subtly changes from like hero to hero. Is this Eric Larson? That's what I was gonna ask. This looks like Eric Larson art. No, this is I I believe this is still Corey Walker. Okay, because I couldn't find him credited, but this looks like Eric Larson. The, these pages when they're showing War Woman or whatever her name is, uh, they they they. they I this think looks the scratchiness looks like Larson. It's yeah, no, this him, is but... yeah, this is still uh, continuing on. Corey Walker and uh, Bill Crabtree. There is then a it's, cover in it... this set that was drawn by Eric Larson, which looks real fucking weird. Just like yeah. again, another thing. Um, and this is him doing. Nico. This is him doing a Kirby Larson type of art here. Then, yeah, like, honestly, like yeah, yeah, no, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's certainly in his uh, Wonder Woman past. Yeah, his, yeah, his War yes. Woman. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, um, yes, it's true, comics fans. Uh, other other um, companies can make fun of the Justice League. It's a thing that happens. Yep. Yeah, you fucking weirdos. Again, this is this is my continuing confusion about people being upset that Marvel might make a make fun of version of the Justice League since they're doing uh, what are they called? Squadron, Squadron Supreme. Supreme. Yeah, the, and the level of people screaming betrayal was just kind of funny. To me. Yeah, and it's like especially not. It's it's a very bizarre time to be making fun of like DC film fans because the current hubbub right now is more people just kind of like showing support behind Ray Parker and just shitting on Joss Whedon because more shit came out about him working on the fucking Justice League movie. Yeah, and none of it's good. Yeah. No, yeah. and not and a lot of bad stuff from his entire career that makes it. Yep. A little harder for me to to like watch some stuff of his that I like. I I but I've basically gotten to the point where I can to some extent watch the stuff he made that I like and also hate him. Yeah. But at Fair. the same time, this is another thing I want to tell DC fans. Snyder is better in the Snyder cut, from what I can tell. I don't want him in charge of everything. Yeah, nope. He he is a he is I believe he is a very good technical kind of director. He is not a very good 
writer or creative. He knows how to work a camera real well. I'm I'm proud of you guys. I think that's a great criticism. (laughs) Without (laughs) shitting all over him yet again. (laughs) That's great. That's great, guys. Very good. (laughs) So anyway, yes, our Justice League. We got Darkwing. We got the Red Rush. We got War Woman. We got Aquarius, who... I, like, oh, I, I apparently do nothing when the Justice League doesn't call me because Atlantis is in no way interesting. Yeah, why the fuck would the goddamn fish people like it, it's an entire it's a fucking sci-fi fantasy medieval kingdom led made up entirely of fucking fish people. You can't do anything with that. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you got your. You, you got your Martian Manhunter type character. Yeah, Martian Manhunter and Green I mean, Lantern. Even, yeah. even the Tick back in the 90s did a better shitting on while also respecting Aquaman pastiche than this. Yeah. And so it's, so it's a really bizarre thing Like as we get to Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern because both of them essentially have the powers of Martian Manhunter but split up. Because we got Martian Man and the Green Ghost. Martian Man can shapeshift and looks kind of like John Jones. And then the Green Ghost has the fucking phasing abilities that, you know, Martian Manhunter has that Martian Man does not. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I, I don't know if this comes up later or not. Is is that the only Green Lantern joke in the series, that character? As far as I can remember. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. 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 And the main joke with him is instead of having a ring, he has a disc that he has to swallow and barf up every time he wants to activate or turn off his powers. Again, ox humor. Yeah. And then the immortal who says, what may be the best line for me in these first issues? When in doubt, throw him into space. Right. <laughs> Just, it's a very funny thing to me. Of, of just like the super simple solutions of just of just a oh, problem. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they'll get called up to uh, the the Guardians of the Globe headquarters out in Dust fucking mountain. Yep, rural Utah, yeah. and they'll die. Just I'm from someone unseen until the last image. Yeah, because oh my god, it's Omnimon. It's Omni Man, a man whose mustache has gotten progressively thicker and less detailed, so now it just looks like he has just a fucking square mouth. <laughs> yeah, the, the distinction between mustache, it is one of those mustaches that absorbs his upper lip. Yeah, it's a real just, the uh, like, burlowy. Burl. I'm working on the call of Sam Elliott, you know. By so God. I, I want to be in Westerns when I stop being a space alien. The dude abides. <laughs> no. The dude doesn't abide. The dude <laughs> conquers. <laughs> yeah, the dude the dude on Viltrum Experiment, very different. Yep, so immediately after that, going into issue eight. Uh Damien Darkblood, demon detective. <laughs> or Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or just Rorschach. Either Rorschach sl- the slash Petrigan. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah more, more the question slash Edrigan. <laughs> it's just the Herm, the Herm part yeah, that's just like, and then if, and then from the back, like the back view of, but yeah, absolutely the question for sure too. At least the detective aspect of 
the whole thing, right? And I, I yeah. know they're basically the same type. Rorschach's based off question, yeah, and all that whole thing, right? But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's talking to he's talking to Nolan Omniman about the murder, and he's currently currently main suspect is Black Samson. Uh, I got because you know he has been a de- former member of the Guardians who was demoted when his powers stopped. Yes, the suit okay. thing from a couple issues ago. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we find out what Eve finally saw in that couple issues ago. Her boyfriend and Kate were fucking. Comes up with a very, you know, the very obvious thing of multi-slut because she can replicate because, you know, this. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And as we learned later, um, I mean, Rex obviously is not blameless in this, but she doesn't seem to want any partner long term. I can't tell how old she is, but I know they specifically said, but I can't remember. Who Adam Eve? Well, she's just finishing no, high school. No, uh, duplicate. Oh, duplicate. Okay, yeah. Probably she's around older. the same age. Is there some like ancient ancient Chinese curse I, or something? I just can't remember. Like, what like, she was like yeah, like the curse is like very ancient, but like she is, she was like, um. She has to be around the same age. Otherwise, that gets very wrong. Well, well, the way I well, always... They have a character to address that kind of joke. Right. In, yeah, yeah, they do. The new- yeah, they do. I, the, way, the way I always looked at it was that Rexplode was somebody in his early 20s and that I assumed I, that Adam Eve was like, you know, maybe like 18 or going on 19 maybe. And and th- and that the rest of the characters in the group were... were uh, uh, that team team were around the same, uh, obviously, other yeah. than robot. I, I thought they were all in their early twenties or something, right? They they're called teen team. No, I know, but I'm pretty certain they're not. But they still call the Teen Titans the Teen Titans. Yeah, in their late twenties. Yeah, so. yeah. They, we're all watching that show, man. It's good. Just called Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant the actual comics. Yeah, I know. Not, um, well, no, the, the comics even made the switch over to Titans. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but also at the same time, uh, you keep they keep saying the Titans are in that show, and I keep going where. Yep. They got fuck. They got a girl and called Starfire. They got a girl called Starfire, but she has fucking fire powers. They got a guy called Nightwing, but he can teleport. Yeah, there was a fun joke when we were watching um, King of the Monsters, Nico, because the uh, monsters in that series are called Titans. I mentioned the dead. Well. I, Cyborg's not in it yet, so someone eventually has to make Cyborg to go kill the Titans. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Chandler pulls out a mother box and just throws it at some dude in a football field. Hey, stick that in your chest. We need to go fight some lizards. And all oh. of it's in slow-mo. Oh. <laughs> My recording crapped out, it looks like. Ah, fuck. Oh, fuck. well, we have the backups. Okay, I'm just letting you know, because yeah. I would have to restart. At this point, it looks like. Yeah, no, that's fine. It just froze, it looks like, for some fucking weird reason. Okay, sorry, go on. Yeah, so. This is also where Amber is introduced. We do not know her name yet. She just walks and up, gives Mark a note, told us leaves. her name. I had a hard time remembering her name for a while. Yep, but anyway, we're at the funeral. It's the funeral for the Guardians, uh, where everyone is real fucking fucky a Samson. Yeah, and can- Eric Larson's character's Yep. Do not look like they belong in the Invincible Universe. <laughs> not really. I no. forgot. I, I forgot about the chick with the like all American 
uh, Bustier dress. Yeah, who I think is Mar- who I th- is I think is a partner to Savage Dragon. I think I've never read that comic. I'm just familiar with. Yeah, that. I don't know the one who stands out the most. By the way, those two characters are like I. I the one who stands <laughs> out the most to me is Super Patriot. Yeah. It's, it's the and fact- don't forget Shadowhawk. <laughs> right. Shadowhawk, the everybody. man without a face. <laughs> the suit of armor who only the suit of armor whose physical form is maintained through angst. He breaks people's backs. That's his whole thing. <laughs> Shadowhawk, everybody. <laughs> yes. I am the terror of the backs of criminals. <laughs> And also the ball. I am the yeah. breaker of backs in the night. Say, yeah. <laughs> like, backbreaker, come quick! It's like that's not my name. <laughs> it's like you have blades, but you never stab anyone. You just break their backs. He has like a re- he has like a reverse retractable blade, and like and like one like he has like his fucking greaves on. And like there's a massive blade sticking up his fucking leg, and then he goes to break someone's back and just retracts. <laughs> yeah, Shadow Hockey, uh, Jim Valentino. That was his contribution yeah, to uh, Jim Valentino. Is that that's the Bomb Queen guy, if I recall correctly? I think. No, that's somebody else. But I know what you're. I know what you're referring to. Yeah. Really? Okay. I, I, I think Bomb Queen is is his label at Image, like like with Kirkman it has um, Skybound. Skybound. I think that I think Bomb Queen is part of Jim Valentino's um, comic label at Image, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, so uh, he yes we have Shadow. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's written by Jimmy Robertson. Yes, we have Jimmy Shadow Robertson. Line, his arm at Image. Uh, he also uh, he also published Bomb Queen. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, his thing is, you know, Shadowhawk and his Guardians of the Galaxy run. Yeah, pretty much. And a book called Normal Man. Which, wonder if you can guess what the joke is there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Mahler twins show up at the funeral. Yes. For, you know, seemingly fine reasons. And then the butler. Samson's butler shows up wearing the suit. Yes. Which immediately clears out the mystery that we already solved because they told us the answer. Like yeah, that- I'm glad they didn't linger on this too long because mysteries where you already know the answer from the start are irritating in comics. And yeah. Like but this yeah. this last well, I'm I'm not opposed I'm not opposed to stories where um, we know something that the characters don't for a little while, but you can't drag them out too long because it's just it 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 becomes like a blue balling situation. Yeah, just for reference, <laughs> we we get the reveal of Omni Man as the murderer in issue seven, and then Mark sees the Omni Man murder in issue ten, and that's about the amount of time that is spent on yeah. the mystery of what is happening. Which I'm trying to remember. What did um did Invincible come out monthly? Yes, it did. Okay, so that's about four months difference. Three, four months difference. Okay. Yep. And so we get to the end of issue eight, uh, as the Mollard as a uh, Debbie is thinking something's up with a uh, thinking something's up with Omni Man. Just kind of getting a bit sus. <laughs> uh, the Mahler twins show up and steal. Uh, and steal the immortal's corpse. And we get some of that early 2000s humor, baby. Flying is so gay. Right. 
a joke they used not once but twice. Actually, three times. Yes. Yeah, multiple yeah. times. They, 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 well, they have it happen on screen. Tw- no, three times on screen, once off screen. Two. One, yeah. Uh, uh, Adam Eve flies him once and she says this is gay. Mark flies his best friend once and he says this is gay. Uh, they both meet up to talk to how they both think what he wants them to do is gay. And, and then later when uh, Mark is carrying the tombstone stand in, he says, you know, this is gay, right? You know, he, yeah, he's about to say it. He's like, you know, this is kind of. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I mean, yes, it hasn't aged well, for sure. But I know like kids. Uh, did say that back probably when this was printed, like it, yeah. and not always in the derogatory. It was never. It, it, maybe sometimes it was. It, it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter what the meaning. Like I know it was more like thrown around as like lame or this is kind of like yes, effeminate or whatever you wanted. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, just yeah, it, it's it, it was a it was a lazy joke. Yes, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. But I but I I do like again. It hasn't aged well, but I also feel like reading this, I understood that when this was published, that's why they probably would have said that at yeah, the no. time. But uh, yeah. Well, it, sure. Just like when uh, the Goddessy was posted in the nineties, I get why her back is broken in three places because that was just the art style at the time. <laughs> we are allowed to call out uh, dumb trends from the past. Yes. Anyway, moving on mm-hmm. to issue nine. Uh, and this is issue nine. It's the start of a uh, volume three of the book and volume three is kind of where, for me, at least, the Ryan Otley like art really begins to, it like really begins to become what it's going to be. We start off with issue nine I with start a. To be... okay, go ahead. Go. I was just going to say, I think the moment it starts to become like the Ryan Otley I'm familiar with is when we get to the reveal you were talking about. Yeah, v- very much. Yeah. Like gore is kind of where Ryan Otley shines. Yeah. <laughs> well that and uh grimacing expressions yeah anyway star trek yeah this is another joke i was like oh come on really yeah as <laughs> as alan is heading to earth yeah uh anyway it was mark's birthday stuff happened uh and this is where we get introduced to cecil stedman and his buddy donald uh, the two of them are people who work in some branch of the Pentagon that deals with supers, and they are they are putting together a new team of guardians, uh, and they want Robot to be in charge because he was already going to be he was already going to be like a part of the team, and so they figure, hey, you're not dead, so you got to be in charge. Meanwhile, Nolan is trying to figure out how to tell his kid that he's a murderer. Just you know, <laughs> <laughs> just just dad things sitting on top of a mountain, just practicing what you're gonna yeah. say to your kid. It's like, listen, son. I know they didn't have the best track record, but if you like, look at the Nazi government. <laughs> There's some ideas. Yeah, <laughs> particularly if all the Nazis actually looked and were built like how the Nazis thought they actually looked and were built. Yeah, if only they had some. If only they had, while while weeding out weakness, found some way to weed out male pattern baldness. Yeah, because like fuck, dude, there are some skullets in those fuckers. Yeah, power the mustache. Yeah, <laughs> anyone who grows a mustache goes bald because all the hair just moves. 
every Viltrumite has a just has a finite amount of hair that they grow over the course of their life, and they can only rearrange it on their head. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, Guardian tryouts. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, Mark shows up there, invited by a Robot. Uh, it's a bunch of dudes from Capes Inc., which is another superhero team. There, they've been, they mentioned a couple superhero teams around uh, the Guardians, but never really get super right. deep into any of them. Well, at least these yeah, are, at least th- this first bit. I think Capes Inc. was more like the guys that are like heroes for hire somewhat, aren't they? Like the yeah, ones they, that are like more, they are corporate, more of the paycheck. They, they are, make a, they they are corporate. Yeah. They're corporate heroes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're nine to five. Like they show up to a job where they're needed kind of thing, as opposed to like, this is my duty or we work for the government. Like, cause guardians of the globe is more of like, these are, this is our government team that represents us as opposed to like, yeah. Like you said, capes is like a, a, a yeah. Like a private, like you know, endeavor type thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, this also we're introduced to Monster Girl uh, as part of this part of the session thing. Monster Girl becomes very important. Yes. Yeah. As we get our full reveal of the new Guardians, which is basically Teen Team plus Black Samson, Monster Girl, and Shrinking Ray. Adam Eve is not a part of it because Rex is there. You know, yeah, yeah, and Mark is invited but chooses not to because he's busy with too many other things. Yeah, he's got universities doing school stuff. He just got a girlfriend, which makes Eve very upset when she comes to his window. Yeah, well, she seeks comfort with a guy she likes, but her being also a good person is like, oh, he's with someone I shouldn't. Yeah, force my yeah my def- angst on him. Yeah, and the Mauler successfully revived the immortal. Should have been too hard. He's immortal. Yeah. Uh, trying to install like, but they're just upset that their uh, their control beacons didn't work. Yeah, just staring outside the wreckage of their fucking shop. Well, shit. Uh, as we move into, let's see here, issue ten. Uh, again, just kind of. Letting people, letting like villains die and being cool with it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's a thing that has been a lot more in my mind watching like, like, like since, since I watched any of those like CW style shows where pretty much everyone in those shows is just super down to climb with murder. Right. Yeah, well, it's, again, I'm, there was a mindset that emerged in the 90s that uh, that I, that for a, uh, to some extent was continued in the 2000s, although I think some of the stories in the 2000s did more interesting things with them that, well, we have to get, um, it, we have to get more, quote unquote, realistic and believable with our characters and it doesn't make sense for these superheroes to not just kill their supervillains because if we do that then well it's not even like them ruined like and this is not even them like killing them it's them just it's like oh they died oh well well i i want to pose that question to you guys in the sense that then uh how you feel about this would you rather them 
dwell on that and it to be the main focus of the book is all like the deaths and stuff like that as some things tend to do with hyper violence like this or is do you would you rather them address it the way that they kind of do where they keep things moving in in this in this sense you know what i mean like or in I think this- well, again it can't be either extreme because right. i think to what dan was saying they're a little too eh about death yeah, anyway. like I'm not. I'm not saying like I want like every fucking book to be to be like, oh hey, the villain died. Oh god, what have I done? No, like it, like it would have been a, like this one actually has one of the better examples of it where he like you know sees the guy die and then just kind of like oh, and it's like you see him like get dour for like a second before mm-hmm. he just, before it just kind of moves on. I'm not wanting like fucking therapy sessions for every goddamn superhero because a villain broke a leg and they feel guilty about it, but mm-hmm. like like this book kind of gets away from it by just having the violence turn up to like mortal combat levels where it's almost comedic right but it's like in this yeah, early no, stuff yeah that's why i'm just asking i, I don't know like i no, yeah. I, I think they do a, do a pretty good like you said balance of it but i i you know yeah I, eventually I, yeah, yeah I mean, like it's, it's, in early issues it's similar a bit problems with injustice because injustice i think also sometimes the ultra violence is effective dramatically but other times it's just pointlessly cruel yeah and not remarked upon enough for it to feel like it was necessary to be this pointlessly cruel. So it usually when writers do stuff like this, my initial reaction is always, was that necessary? And sometimes it is. There are like what Omni-Man does to the invincible, to to the invincible, to the (laughs) immortal in front of invincible is effective. It's kind of, to me, that kind of reminds me of, um, the scene where Superman kills the Joker in Injustice. Yeah, this like, that scene is effective, but there are other times where I'm like, this is not necessary. <laughs> yeah, I, I think with this book, especially like as things progress, the violence, while it does amp up a lot, it I don't think it ever loses its effectiveness. Okay. Well, like early on, it's a bit rough just because you know the early days. Well, yeah, early days, and also I think a lot of the story stuff here. It's, it's set up. Or yeah, it's, it's not a lot of building foundation focused on. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they make a joke about Mark not having a supervillain until issue 24, basically, or something <laughs> like that. But, uh, speaking of jokes, actually, they make make a really great joke uh, that, <laughs> where, yeah, Mark, uh, he, he loves his comic science dog. And uh, Philip Schiff, the guy who makes it is oh, Mr. Schaff, Philip Schaff, sorry is like doing a comic signing and he asked him like, Hey man, how do you get like, how do you get your fucking work done? Like it's this, it's an insane amount of, de- it's the same amount of like panels, but you get it out like fucking every time you're never late. How do you do that? And the yeah. guy's just like, yeah, I just kind of copy paste a lot. Yeah. And then it's a six panel spread of two pieces of art. <laughs> yeah. Cause Mark's just sitting there not saying anything for three panels. He's like, don't you think that's kind of cheap? And he just sitting there like looking at it. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> it's the same. And, 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 Yeah, I died laughing reading this one, too, again, because this is a legitimate argument that like literally just when this just happened a couple of months ago on Twitter between artists and like the because I follow a lot of comic uh, artists on on Twitter and stuff like that. uh, Still, Uh, this just came out about like decompression, all this kind of stuff in comic books and artists. Uh, doing double page spreads of just these moments where they're copying and pasting uh, conversations uh, and how, and, and, and people were siding with or against the artist based on th- this, 
happening in books and like how expensive books are nowadays for them to go and do this kind of stuff right so like yeah it's it's actually it's still a very valid argument actually in the comic community about when artists do this kind of stuff so i thought that was really funny that they made this reference in here yeah Yeah. uh, nfts can go to hell but uh, (laughs) fucking nfts Oh yeah, of course. But yeah, well, let me spend, uh, me, me spend twenty five thousand dollars on a JPEG. Let's go, dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So after that whole comic thing, uh, Omni Man's out fighting a giant squid. The immortal attacks him, and then we get. I think that's almost literally like, like him punching through fucking uh, the immortal stomach. Because that's what he does. He punches through his stomach and rips it in half. I think that punch is. Almost identical to Superman punching the Joker's heart out. Yeah, and I think that came first. Yeah, this was like 2003. Yeah, so I think the uh, that was um, what is his name? James, not not James Taylor. Uh, Tom Taylor. Um, Tom Taylor probably was. A, I can see Tom Taylor being a fan of Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe not understanding it all the way, but I can see him being a fan of Invincible. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think he would get it. He just, you know, he's working for a company, and that company decides the story beats. Shout out! Shout out to Tom Taylor and his first issue of Nightwing. Fantastic. Just got to say that. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I like I like a lot of Tom Taylor stuff, but some of it just. It, I think you said it yourself, Nico. Sometimes the man doesn't know when to pull back a little, and uh, some of his stories suffer because he doesn't know when to pull back. I think, mm-hmm. well, for instance, uh, he's the one who wrote the issue that explained why Injustice Wonder Woman was evil, which... Uh, which she said, wanted hey, that dick? Hey. Well, yeah, well, she wanted that dick, and uh, Steve Trevor was secretly a Nazi, so she fears and hates all men except Superman, who she wants to use to control and destroy all men, which just... <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so, rolling into issue 11, it is, is hey, it's so a... Rep- we need to have a talk. Yeah, it's a reprise. <laughs> Remember when we talked about Viltrum before? Guess the fuck what? You, you gotta love that page, though, the full page spread of him covered in blood being like, so, son. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> it's like, okay, son, I've decided to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, I, they did build up to it nicely because in the previous issues they had had several scenes of Obdi Man either being distracted or like him trying to work up the courage. Yeah, like him, like him in the mountain, like I was talking a about. Nazi. And yeah. so the ultimate, it's like, okay, son, this is not how I wanted to have this conversation, but since we're here, yeah, j- just he realized the second it happened, it's like, oh fuck, okay, pull the cord now. Listen, son. Which I think that might also be like the same open, like beginning to the narration that he did when he told him like the fake story. No, of no, that's the, that's the point. Like he, yeah, it, yeah. Like, like I said, layout, it's a reprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is. We are in the third act of a, of a fucking musical, and we're bringing back the opening number. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yeah. So Viltrum, uh, everyone had powers. They killed everyone who was weaker than the than the fucking median, and then decided, hey. Let's take over. Anyone who agreed, they fucking gave him tech and stuff. Anyone who didn't, wasn't around very long. Uh, eventually, they started getting spread out so thin that they couldn't just lead full invasion forces into planets, and they just started sending like individual people out to go weaken, uh, to go like weaken planetary defenses. 
We also see that they destroyed Alan's homeworld based on everyone yeah. who looks like Alan running away, running for their lives. Yeah. And Nolan gets sent to Earth, where he essentially pretends to be a superhero, and then realizes, "Hey, sex is fun." Yeah, no, he, he he's he's wowed by the idea. Wait, you can have sex, but not just for procreation. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's Tell a weird. More. It's a weird <laughs> thing to say to your kid. Of like, of like, yeah. So I came to take over the planet, but then I met your mom, and sex was great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then he had his. So then Mark was born, and then that kind of led him to begin in earnest trying to activate yeah. his plan. Yeah. Although speaking of bad two thousands jokes, I I I I, re- I applaud Kirkman for not um doing the. Uh, follow up to the mall rats joke of you know your mom was a real test of my muscle control because if, if i was actually wasn't paying attention i would have just broken her in half oh yeah like they he, they they never get into that they get into it but they never get into it you know yeah i appreciate that because like they they do talk about them having a healthy sex life but yeah, you know that's what i meant by them getting getting since mall rats and that Superman can't fuck Lois Lane. He yes. can break her in half. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yeah. I know. The pro did it's a great. similar joke. Yeah. Where the Superman in there fucking busted a nut so hard he blew a wing off a plane. Yeah. Well, again, fucking Garth Ennis. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Is that, is that, no, that's not Garth Ennis. It that's, is. Uh, it's Garth Ennis. It is Garth Ennis? Okay, yes. I thought that was. Uh... Amanda Connor drew it, but Garth yeah, Ennis okay. wrote it. That's probably why you're thinking maybe Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, probably. Yeah. He inked it, I think. Yeah, he did the yes. inking. <laughs> yeah. That was a year before Invincible. There you go. Yeah, yeah and so after I mean, explaining... That was, a, that was a glorious time for image indie books. So, Yeah, and so after explaining all this stuff um, and saying that the Viltramite seed is so fucking pure that no matter how much, no matter how much you fucking dilute it with all these other races, it still fucking comes through. Yeah, we are such the master race that we can use inferior races as our sperm seeds and it'll be fine yeah even though i fucked your mom who's a is a filthy human you're still going to be basically pure viltramite so you are the greatest thing the only thing this planet has given me fuck the rest of this planet (laughs) yeah and then he's surprised when mark says uh no (laughs) because yeah yeah, he he fully like based on based on what he acts he fully expected mark to be like oh fuck yeah dog let's fucking go let's let's own this bitch which with what what follows with the next issue which is basically yeah them just fighting the whole issue and having this conversation i think there was that that was a pretty right if by fight you mean you mean mean, stop yeah get fucking (laughs) get his fucking titties slapped yeah, no, his is 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 he's he's de- he's like you know he's he's almost dead on the ground, bleeding the fuck out everywhere at the end of it. But I meant, uh, yeah, that's basically the whole next issue is that. But I I feel that the conversation that follows though was a pretty great uh, you know argument like uh, that they of the back and forth of their perspectives on things and and it, it gets pretty deep like uh, the horrible things he says about his mother like yeah. you know what I mean like there's there's there like I think I think the the the, the stuff that follows in the next issue what that they're while they're yelling back and forth to each other about this once the reveal is made was pretty powerful I thought still even rereading it now I thought it was yeah. effective oh yeah well, it was I'm all- getting the impression I okay so 
I don't know if this is a spoiler for me or not, but I'm assuming because we don't see Omni Man again after this issue uh, in the books I've read, but I'm assuming we're not done seeing him. Not at all. And I give, think and I think Nolan lasts until I, the hundreds. Okay. I, I get the impression there's going to be some complications with him as a character that play out in the future. Well, yeah, again, to, to, to do, I guess, Kirkman's credit, I think that because we were, I know you jumped ahead to the end of this issue where he leaves them all, all fucking bloody and, and almost dead and, and flies off into space with that single tear rolling down his eye. But well, oh, it's, like it's, not even a, it's not even a single tear. Animated. Yeah, he's, he's crying, crying, but it's just he's about, like, everything that yeah. happens in there is, is Mark's like, I've been raised to be human and love Earth. I can't just turn that off and say, fuck Earth. Right. Whereas the dad's yeah. like, why not? Son, you will outlive everything on this planet by hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. There was no reason for you to care about anything. Yeah, he calls and then yeah, he calls his like he said, he actually says, your mom was like a pet to me. Yeah, that was brutal when he said that. I thought that that was particularly mean. And then I also thought like, but I do understand the argument. And I think it's been done in other things before. I don't know if this is the first time it's been said, but the whole thing about you're going to see everybody around you die and you're going to live on. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that part is tough. Like, I'm not going to say I understand it and how cruel he's going to be with that. But it, it is a fact. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's telling him like, this is. You know, but the fact that he just looks down on these people like peons and essentially, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of fucked up that part of it. Uh, but I, I just love how they address the fact that he fucks off after this. But they 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 bring him up. Absolutely. But he totally shifts gears. After well, that. Sure. Because, like, yeah. 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 I, mean, yeah. The only, because, I didn't mention it yet. And this is becomes out later. Right. Uh, the reveal that a Viltramite abandons their post and is not killed is like apparently such a rare thing yeah. that it basically is impossible to imagine. Yeah, as well as a Viltrumite like, oh, with fuck, no we- yeah, as well as a Viltrumite with no allegiance to the Empire at all. Yeah. Yeah. So the co- so the coalition's like, oh fuck, we might actually have a chance. Oh, son of a this. bitch. And, and, and again, you know, that's that's the cool thing about all this, because you attribute him to this like race and you like you hear these stories about them and all that. But at, like, you know, even at the end of these 24 issues, we don't really have any other point of reference uh, to this other than what you've heard from other people like in this book about the Viltrumites. Like you don't have like anybody else to compare them to other than these two characters at this point. And, well, then, right, and then right up until the end. So different. Right. But Mark's so different than. Yeah, because yes, Mark's right. just a guy. Mark, right. is, Mark that, is human. Mark is the Superman. Yeah, he's raised on Earth. Yeah, yeah but that's what so I mean. Again, it's, like Mark, Mark is the same as what Superman actually is, despite right. what Zack Snyder says. That um, yeah, Mark. That, <laughs> yeah, Mark. That, despite that having Clark the power Kent of a god, just as that Clark Kent is just as important to who right. Superman is as a character as the Kryptonian Kal El is, no matter what Snyder fans say. Yeah, like, I, like I said, I only, I'm only, I'm sorry if I'm sounding salty on Snyder again, Nico. It's just that I got okay forward. I got okay boomered about it. Uh, I heard this yes. week. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, the fact that because somebody's still I, I saying mis- that. <laughs> I made the mistake of saying on Facebook that I, 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 if there's going to be a Justice League universe, I want a Justice League universe where Superman cares about people and is a hopeful force for good. And I was like, okay, boomer. 
Yeah, it's like, oh, you fucking old fogey. What, you don't want your heroes being fucking dark and depressing and full of fucking angst and shit? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so, like, actually, just talking about this issue, like, last thing, like, him crying, as he, like, Omni-Man crying as he flees the planet, it kind of paints, like, his entire speech in a whole new light for me, because just, like, looking at that final panel and what actually happened in there, it seemed, to me at least... It seemed like everything he was saying was less about him trying to convince his son and more him trying to convince himself because his time yeah. on Earth had fully affected him. Like everyone, yeah. everyone left in the fallout of this fucking fully believes that like, while yes, he was a piece of shit, he wasn't not affected by it. And so him just screaming, screaming. Well, yeah, because if he wasn't affected, he would have just caved Mark's skull in. That's the thing. Yeah. He makes the choice that if he was true, if everything about Omni-Man, Omni-Man, was a lie, then he would have just caved Mark Skull in, no right. questions asked. But that's yeah. not what happened. So well, that's why I was interested to hear what Birdie thought about all that because again, me and Dead Man do know what's like what's to come down the road. But yeah, that's interesting that you also yeah. felt again the shut time. the fuck up. But yeah, no, 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 I know, yeah, but no. but the, there is also a conversation uh, that Art has with Mark about how he feels that like some of the things he was saying were probably misguided in that conversation because you know. Again, jumping ahead, the audio gets leaked to the world after this. Okay, like, so did they explain who did that? Because I don't think they explain it in this. They book have not. That. And, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, That's issue thirteen. Odd. That seems like an odd oversight. To just ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, issue thirteen. Uh, we learned the most important thing. Uh, William plays bass. <laughs> That's a bass Is player. Is William one. an important character long term? Uh, Yes and no. He has moments, but I wouldn't say he's like he's Mark's know. friend. Yes, really, because he's kind of a douche. <laughs> uh, yep, they bring that up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, that that's just a thing that you. How often do you see a comic book character who plays bass? Okay, fair enough. I'm a bass. I'm a bassist. I start ever since I got a bass myself. I have started taking bass a lot more seriously. Well, I mean, dead. Can't you can't you be a fan of a bassist who's not a douche? I am. Okay. He also was. Yeah, never mind. He's acting away maybe now. It's pronounced William. <laughs> yeah. Bitch. Yeah. yeah that that entire thing. Like I, I didn't. I didn't bring it up because it wasn't. It was just a character beat for like a side character. But just the entire thing of you must it's call him William. Jokes. It's one of those jokes that doesn't work. It's. Yeah. It's like you're, you're apparently supposed to find him to be a dick because he wants people to call him William and not Will or Billy or Willie. Well, I guess no one wants to be called Willie, but uh, except Big Willie style. Yeah. But um, uh, it's one again another joke like, ha ha. Emphasis on the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the world knows. The world has seen what happened. In that Man of Steel style action sequence, which I think works a lot better than in Man of Steel. I think well, Man of Steel pretended no one died. Yeah, no, this showed people getting <laughs> fucked up, and it like it like despite them not fo- despite them not like focusing on the amount of destruction that was happening, like fuck, dude. Yeah, that was the only thing that I hated about. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Oh, that's why I was okay with this whole because like. Yes, if two Superman level or Superman and Superboy level people fought in a city, this is what would happen. And that happened in Man of Steel, but everyone uh, treated they, it like pulled, we're saved. Yes. 
Yeah, it's basically all of Man of Steel was like that Batman line from Batman versus Superman. The whole city's abandoned, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, everyone, everyone walking out there covered in like fucking like Hiroshima dust. Well, yeah, they. I, I, I feel like, and people have pointed this out before that Batman versus Superman started with that scene because Snyder was like bitterly reacting to people saying, um. Superman's a little too okay with hundreds of thousands of people being dead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, issue fourteen or issue thirteen? Apologies. Uh, Mark is on the mend after getting his fucking shit pushed in by his dad. Meet C- meet Cecil. Yeah, uh, I like him. Yeah, Cecil's good. Cecil is a neat yeah. character. It's like- Sir, the teleportation thing costs five billion dollars every time I use it. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. I like this shit. Beam me up, assholes. <laughs> Birds. <laughs> Just if this was made today, he'd totally do like that fucking like deuces turn invisible thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, Cecil is very much like I said, the Nick Fury agent of Shield kind of type character. Except he's more this. fun than Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, N- Nick Fury yeah. is that character taken one hundred percent seriously. Like, actually, I just realized it. Oh fuck! I think it's just it might just be his his look, but he also kind of acts like it. He's if he's what would happen if you cross Nick Fury with Jonah Hex? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, good reference. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got half the same face. Yeah, they're both grizzled. Yeah. <laughs> they're both like, ah, give a shit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's like, ah, fuck off. We're going to go save the world now. The only, the only thing missing is a cigar, and I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this issue also kind of begins the idea of, hey, even William, they could be a thing, right? Because they were the only ones there for each other in a time of, like, very emotional it's like, oh hey, our friend is almost dead, and we don't know what's happening. Yeah, that didn't that didn't last. It does not, because uh, as is made clear throughout the just even the issues I'm reading, William's kind of a man child. <laughs> yep, uh, man child. Yeah. I would probably have hung out with in high school, but I think after high school, I probably would have like, oh, God, you're exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we also, and like, just to kind of endear Cecil to us more, uh, his interactions with uh, like Debbie, right? Like just that entire pa- just an entire page of just him very, just, of just him like very plainly stating, all right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make we're gonna this is what we're gonna do, and we're gonna make sure you and your family are okay. And just like how fucking destroyed Debbie is, and how. Yeah, it just is really great. Like this is this is this is more sympathetic than a Nick Fury character almost ever is. Yeah, because even though he is being like very clinical of like, hey, this is what we're gonna do, he is still being like, hey, I know you're worried. I'm going to do everything I can to help you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, speaking of, of uh, Mark's mom. Uh, I assume, like, it seemed like she was kind of getting on the mend by the end of uh, the issues I've read. Yeah, she so gets she better. kind of recover a little bit? Okay. Yeah, she gets yeah. better. She, the, yeah. right now, she's fucked. I have, I think, Understandably. I think I have. Understandably. Oh, yeah, I think I have in my notes, like, five times, Debbie not well. Yeah. But I, I, I agree, though, they, they make Cecil, they, 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 uh, 
he comes into the fold like fully fleshed and works his works perfectly alongside the situation of the book when he kind of comes in like he kind of is able to flesh out this whole other you know reason for mark to continue his superheroing in light of his dad leaving right yeah yeah because yeah because as soon as as soon as mark is like fully healed up and like hey i am okay i can like move around my face doesn't look fucked anymore cecil offers him a job just basically saying like hey i will pay your i will pay for your college i will pay for your house i will make sure your mom and you are taken care of (laughs) be a hero for me I will tell you yeah. where bad guys are. You go punch them. Yeah. And Mark's like, fuck yeah, dude. It also introduces the uh, light room, which is a recurring setting. Right. Just this massive fucking se- this massive fucking facility beneath the Pentagon that normally you can't look at because, because they put fluoride in the water that makes you not able to see certain strings of light and turns the frogs gay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that concept. Rereading this, I felt it was kind of pointless. And like, you know, again, this is more of like me thinking into like this is the shield secret facility kind of like sh- mumbo jumbo shit that's going on here. But I, I, I rereading it, I felt it was a really stupid concept. To be honest with you, like, I, I, I get it. I, I don't know. I didn't really quite enjoy that this time around. Rereading that one. Uh. Pff- I don't I don't mind it. I kind of don't like the execution of it, like having it be like yes. the chemicals. Yeah, I think I think it's more the execution that bothers yeah, me. It's, the explanation it's, it's just it. a, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a bit too like I would test the pH in my water every day and it's been going up by like point seven. I think the I think the fucking government's trying to turn my fucking balls into goddamn tadpoles. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, I I'm, yeah, it, I'm with you. It could have just been I don't know, we got space shit. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, Alan shows up. He's finally here. Yay. Yeah. And this is where he learns Viltrumite and what the fuck's happening with all that. And just him and Mark just sitting fucking crisscross applesauce on the fucking moon. Just yes. these two just fucking beef slabs. <laughs> just sitting on the moon thinking at each other while just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, I did love we, it. Did we comment on the joke last time of that where uh, Alan was like, you think of a better way of talking in space? <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't mention but that. Yes. I was like, wait, why can I? Yeah, like, because no one can breathe in space. Like, that is the thing that they keep hard and true. Space space doesn't have air, so you can't exactly talk in it. But, like, Viltrumites can hold their breath for, like, up to, up to like, two weeks. Yeah. And so it, and so they get up there, uh, they speak telepathically, and Mark is like, "Wait, why can I hear you in my head?" To which Alan just responds, "Can you think of a better way to talk in space?" <laughs> <sighs> oh, I love Alan. Yeah, he is great. Uh, then we move on to issue fourteen, and issue fourteen. This is probably going to be the dumbest I sound this entire recording. All right, is Debbie Asian? Okay. So I I said I wasn't going to make reference to the cartoon, uh, try to keep it separate in the cartoon. And I didn't actually know this, honestly. And that's what I wanted to ask you. They 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 make reference to this fact right away that they're 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 Asian, Mark. And and uh, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, like, I didn't uh, know that I, is human heritage is Asian. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't so think with, they so ever with, mention it. 
you, I didn't know they. I didn't know that. Like so, in the cartoon, they made it very like they said it right okay. away. Yeah. So then, I don't have I'm a problem with that. I'm just saying. I'm oh, not, it's, it's it's not a problem. I'm just. I'm not convinced that when Kirkman and Otley were working on this, that they knew. Yeah, I, I don't either. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what Debbie, I'm trying to say. Debbie Grayson, nothing about her screams yeah. Asian. Like, they, they didn't do anything that made her that made like a, any fact that she might have been Asian like in the forefront. Like, that wasn't yeah, important. Was, that was important to a character. She was just Mark's mom, whether she was Asian or not. Whatever. To, there's nothing distinct about her characterization. It's like, like, what race are you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but and, then and, within, and, but then within the show. Uh, a deal is being made like it like not like a big deal about like like marketing or whatever but like having with like you know people who are people who care about this kind of thing uh a deal is being made about the fact that both um Mark and Debbie are being voiced by Korean actors with Mark being voiced by Steven Yun and his mom right. and Debbie being voiced by Sandra O oh. Right so I didn't want to I want it was something I was going to ask you uh as being a reader of this uh, and with I didn't want it to come off sounding bad but I I never thought that was mentioned in the comic and then yeah, I was just like no, and then, I, and then and then when I saw the cartoon I was like is that the case or is that something that they are now changing about it moving forward which I'm fine with either way yeah, like whatever. but I just I don't it was just never mentioned I felt in the comic so that's why I was like oh maybe I don't know like uh, it just left me confused yeah I it's never really brought up and they're and they don't do anything to make it like to make her like super obviously Asian so it's I think it's just kind of a we want to be more inclusive we got two Koreans let's just make them Asian I mean, that's fine. I just don't think like to Bertie's to what Bertie said, I don't think it was ever something they thought of. And if yeah, they did yeah, for the comic, I don't, I, you know, I, I, they just never mentioned it if that's what they were going for. Yeah. Like that's actually uh, kind of the thing I really like about invincible. Kind of like just going through it and like, like kind of like learning about it again. This series is very, it's very broad in terms of its cast. It has like a cast that like ranges from, like, like they have fucking gay characters, Asian characters, black characters, Latino. Like they have a wide breadth of characters, so it's not yeah. just white folks. But they never really bring attention to it. It just is. Well, that's what I mean, and and that and that's that's fine. Like that's a good thing, yeah, right? Like that's, and I, 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 that's I, I, honestly I, the I, ideal. The, yeah. The, so the get, getting to a point where just like get, getting to a point where it is so like ordinary to just see representation for like people of color and like other minority groups within North America and just have them being there being totally normal. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you said that just cause I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Like when rereading, rereading it now, having watched the cartoon, I was like, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I, yeah. I just, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And something else I appreciate that I learned recently from like doing kind of like my reading on this stuff. Uh, they gender swap a couple characters while still maintaining their dumb pun names. <laughs> right yeah like uh, like shrinking ray uh in the show is female but in the comic he's male but he's still called shrinking ray mm -hmm. it's just you know instead of being r-a-y it's r-a-e which is fucking neat i enjoy that i like it when they keep the dumb jokes from the comics even if they even when the changes they make to it are for the purposes of inclusion mm -hmm. it's great Right and and uh, and Rachel Rachel's the girl that he starts dating, right? Amber, Amber. Sorry, I don't know where Rachel came from. <laughs> Thank you for making my point for me. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I, I think Rachel and came from me saying Ray like four times in a row. 
Yeah, I think so. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I don't know where I got Rachel, but uh, yeah, Amber in the show is, is a black uh, woman. Yeah, as well. Like, which yeah, is which fine. is fine. That makes no difference because nothing not about at all. Amber's character, as useless as she is, <laughs> part of the story is. Uh, Oh, I hear you. I, she has to be a white girl. So. I, yeah, I'm, yeah, I was just saying that because I mean, again, there, it doesn't matter. I mean, in there the is, grand scheme of things. There is one scene but, yeah. that happens that can only happen like, because are we she's at white. The point where we can talk about Amber, or do we need to go a little further? We need to keep going. Uh, like she, she, yeah. she hasn't been a thing. Like she showed up and they kissed. I don't think she's had like a line of dialogue really. Yeah. No. She yeah. Hasn't. Well, it's a, it's a long time before she says anything. Yeah. Which is part of Anywho, like, are you important? Issue fourteen. After a Frank Cho cover coming out of the fucking nowhere. An RKO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Flaxons are back, baby. And this time, they're harder to deal with because, as will become apparent throughout the rest of the fucking book, every time they come back, they come back stronger. Right. This time around, they fucking got wristwatches that make them not age. But then Rex blows one up by accident, I'm assuming, because that motherfucker can't do anything on, on purpose. Except cheat. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <laughs> that was an funny accident. because, like, they set up a, his origin story that he should be like a yes. semi competent superhero, but yeah. nothing about the way he acts in the main story seems like he should be capable of anything other than the fact <laughs> that he's physically capable. Yeah. Because, like, apparently, tactics or tact were not uh included in his uh training regimen. they put explosives in his arm you can't exactly be subtle with that <laughs> you can't really go here i go like all right so right so you're, you're covert off you're gonna be sneaking in behind any lines no one can know you're there i'm gonna put explosives up your wrist they glow and make very loud noises <sighs> Anywho, after that, the immortal shows up to be a cunt. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. I just wasn't expecting that <laughs> you to say that. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. I need to be here. Because <laughs> if not, you shits are going to get nothing done. Oh, no. I it's allow not. you to exist. It's not. Yeah, it's not that. It's, it's he threatens Mark. I'm just like, hey, I saw your dad. Oh, well, that, see, that I didn't mind because it's like. Hey, uh, I just found out that your dad uh, tried to kill all of my closest friends and the money that conquered the earth. And me. <laughs> so you can't really, I can't really blame yeah. him for being a, a, a shit heel there. Yeah. It's it's when he comes back and takes over the, uh, the guardians. Yeah. The guardians and his just shit to the, to the robot. And I'm like, oh, okay, now you're being a shit heel. Also, I wanted to mention <laughs> this. I wanted to actually mention something about the guardians of the globe. Mm-hmm. Of the, I have something yeah, to mention yeah. too. <laughs> it's more about like the mouth feel of the name, because this is a th- this yeah. is something I, this is something I. Mm. I feel like they're like good milk. No, the, yeah, no, they're like they're like second place in terms of guardians of the names. Because like oh, guardians, because sure. like guardians of the galaxy, that just fucking flows. Sure, guardians of the globe, it has it like really like hard stop going from the good to the look and globe. So it just kind of like feels weird. And then Guardians of the Universe, I can never actually, I keep saying Guardians of the Galaxy because I, they're basically synonyms. I know one is bigger, but they're basically synonyms in the, in the grand scheme of things. And, well, we must say grand scheme. They're basically synonyms in term, for comic book purposes. Right. And 
galaxy just rolls off way better than Guardians of the Universe. Yeah, I would agree. These, I was going to say these that these are the things I think of. Welcome to 60 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say that looking over this issue, the art here is uh, bulletproof. It looks like he's rocking the invincible suit reject suit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, this, is he? Is it just yeah. me or is he? No, no. Yeah, bro, he, he was rocking that like back. Like, he was rocking that when he was a background character. I didn't realize because that's exactly the same, at least color scheme of the suit that Invincible turned down originally, where he's like, I want something more epic or whatever. He's yeah, more I'm memorable. Not a yeah. big fan of the yellow and orange. Yeah. <laughs> but no, straight up, like in issue nine, we see Bulletproof in the background. And he is wearing that exact suit. Okay. Okay. Because that's what just looking at it right now. I'm like, I swear that's the suit that Mark was like, yeah, not really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, okay. this is so this is the issue where uh, the tape got leaked to the media, and yeah. this is kind of the beginnings of things between Art and Debbie. Assuming that goes anywhere, it has been a while since I've read it. I don't fully remember. And also, his mother. Yeah, it's it takes another big hit here in terms of like yeah everything that yeah, starts starts drinking yeah. like dead after he watches yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Or no, like Dead's reaction when I keep explaining something that's going to happen in type is like, no, fuck it, Bertie, I can't. Yeah, he. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like every month he kept, like every month he kept texting me some new piece of information, and it got to a point where I'm just like, I am at, <laughs> I am at critical mass of negativity on that show. Adding a new negative thing won't change my opinion of it. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, Dead had to put the kibosh in the group chat on that one. He's like, listen, man, I don't know how to feel about this anymore. <laughs> All I know is that we're watching it, so like, please try to like just stop with this. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Titans is gonna like, kill. Yeah. Titans is gonna be the show that kills me. <laughs> we're gonna fucking as end. As- yeah, we're gonna we're gonna end season three. They're gonna hear a gunshot, and the and the kid in the film never gets uploaded. As you know, what's gonna do us in this season's not even gonna have that one episode that we can either laugh at or say that that was good. You know? Yeah, it'll have <laughs> like, nothing. It's gonna have that one episode. Because the other that was the only saving grace of the last two seasons was that we we had that fucking super odd episode where we either were learned to laugh at it or there was something just interesting enough well, going it, on. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> what we've learned is that the good episode of Titans is the one that has nothing to do with the Titans. Yeah, and right. I don't see anything in the episode list yet that suggests there's going to be an episode that has nothing to do with the Titans. Like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So unless every episode is the Bat Tusi, that show is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Coming soon, guys. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as it's available, as soon as it's available in Canada. There you go. <sighs> anyway, this is Mark returning to school. We kind of get to meet Chad. We've heard about Chad since the beginning, and then, hey, this guy's Chad. What up? Oh, and yeah. Amber, like, speaks. Yes. She like has lines of dialogue. Yeah. It's not much. Just kind of saying, just kind of say, "Hey, I want to be go. I want to be play for stuff." But he's like, "Ah, oh, can't sadness." Well, yeah, because we haven't gotten to her defining character trait, as far as I can tell. I think Mark's a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, another actually uh, important story beat too is uh, the part where, like you said, when he brings in the immortal uh, robot, basically gets demoted from like team leader for uh, of the Guardians because he was kind of like the interim leader. Oh no, 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 no sorry. No, this, this is, is when, like, this is when. Yeah, yeah, this is before that. Yeah, this they, is when he's still yes, the leader. But, yeah, Cecil brings in uh, yeah, immortal yeah. as a consultant. Yes, that's he make, right. And he makes the point yeah. of saying like, "Hey, we're not demoting you yet." Right, right, right. Right now, you're kind of shit. So improve. Uh, yeah, and this is also yeah. the beginning of Monster Girl's HR violations. You know, like what does he fucking expect though? He's been talking shit about him for the last two issues. Like he's just like, dude, like look at this fucking reject team. Like you just threw us together. Yeah. <laughs> like it just like seemed like, what do you want, man? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's like you you gave Robot the job, told him to recruit a team yeah. the next day, and then he had yeah. one day of tryouts against fucking robots. Yeah, and the team's basically comprised of like be- the team team. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like- the t- it's the team team, a pun, and one competent character. <laughs> yeah, like I just I just felt that Cecil was like pretty quick to like judge him like right away. He's like, no, here I you mean, go. It's, very, it's a very government <laughs> response. It's like, yeah, let someone else uh, hire yeah. someone else to fix the problem when they can't fix it. Blame them for it. Exactly. Yeah. The very government process. But, but like every issue moving forward too, he'll like he'll just come in one issue and be like, I don't know, man, your numbers are way down. Like, yeah, like yeah. response time. It's like, well, sir, if we had more funding, I mean if your numbers are up, you'd be able to get more funding. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like Birdie's response to that was like it's a very government thing to say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So uh yeah, issue issue fourteen ends with just the most depressing fucking shit. Yeah. Just Debbie on the floor crying her eyes out, asking Mark why he drove her right drove his dad away. Ugh. Yeah. That's just rough. Yeah. Moving yeah. on to issue fifteen. She apologize for that yeah. moment. In this in this issue. Moving on to issue fifteen. Uh yeah, HR violations. This little girl who is actually twenty nine keeps making moves on the guy on bulletproof. She looks like she's twelve. <laughs> Because her powers are the worst kind of curse. Yes, she got her powers when she, she yeah she got her powers when she was like in high school I think. And every time yeah, she, she was, and if the name doesn't give it away, she's basically Magic Hulk. But every time she uses her powers, her she gets stronger, but she but, gets younger. Yeah, every, every every time she like turns from monster back to girl, the girl part gets younger. But yeah. the monster the more she uses stronger. powers, the more the stronger the monster gets. Yeah. But the more she uses her powers, the younger she gets. Which yeah. is a much more uh like if you're gonna go with the like like Hulk stand-ins, that's a pretty good one. Because I was commenting to, to Dead about this earlier with um what is the character's name? Uh Maul from Wildcats, where uh Jim Lee's uh, answer to that was like Hey, what if the bigger he gets, the angrier he gets? Like that's that's not interesting in any way. That's you just literally inverted the Hulk thing. And yeah. what's interesting yeah. about the Hulk thing is that the angrier he gets, the stronger he gets. Yeah, it's if you it's, just inverted. Then you're just like, oh, you're choosing to be angry. Yeah, it's like it's like all right, we, all right. Let's bring in Red Hulk. What's his thing? Well, he's the Hulk, but warm. Just. So many, so many Hulk things are just. What if the Hulk, but also, right? Yeah. With this, yeah. with this, there actually is a full-on 
Like, yes, the, yeah. like, yes, the situation is very obviously Hulk, but it is also in a completely different kind of curse. Yeah. Yeah. I like Monster Girl. Probably worse. Yeah, yeah very worse. worse, actually. Because yeah. eventually that means she's eventually going to just descend into a fetus. Yeah. She keeps using her powers. Yeah, just a little baby, no teeth, trying to flip someone the bird, but kid doesn't have the muscle control to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, so Robot says, yeah, I'll fucking try something. Uh, Debbie and Mark uh, get on some decent footing, uh, like trying to get back to the thing of normalcy. Amber realizes he has a beeper and be- thus begins the fucking drug dealer rabbit hole. Right. And Mark goes to Atlantis to marry a fish. And consummate with the fish. <laughs> yeah, to fuck a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or the, the, and Cecil's like, oh, don't worry, we'll get you out of this before you even get there. And then Mark calls him and was like, what? You're still fucking there? No, like, no, but he's like, I'm, he's like, it's happening in six hours. Yeah, yeah, he's like, today. Oh, shit. Yeah, ah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> I thought I had like a week. He's like, don't worry, kid, I'll get this worked out in a week or two. What? It's happening. <laughs> today. Yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, that part was funny. Yeah. And, and not only that, he has to have sex in front of, like, all of their people. Yeah, in front of the entire <laughs> civilization of Atlantis. Like, talk about pressure, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like, which is why I love his responses. Hey, dude, you like her. Yeah. Hey, Fuck fish. Me. Yeah. Hey, fish boy. You go do it. <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah, again, Paul's the classic. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Follow, following the tried and true strategy of the universe of just yeet it. He just grabs his fucking fish dude who actually loves the queen and then just and just fucking baseball chucks him into the monster they're fighting. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to make reference to, too. He does the he pulls the classic like, hey, I'm you come around and act like a bad guy and I'm going to beat you up and then I'm going to impress this guy. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it, he, like, Mark's kayfabe <laughs> is very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark, but, knows, but yeah, Mark knows how to fucking put someone yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. And also, while all this is happening, Debbie makes a friend. Fucking finally, something goddamn good happens to this woman's life. Yeah, Super Patriot's uh, wife, right? Yep, Claire. I think. Claire yeah. Bono. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't know, man. Just like having... It's like a, it's almost cathartic just seeing characters being able to talk about shit. Yeah. Like, same kind of thing happened in fucking ReZero this year. And this was just great i just loved i like debbie i want good things for debbie yeah sure yeah she's a good character yep and then flying so gay yeah yeah but then we move on to the image summer special this was a comic book that image put out um in between issues 15 and 16 which was just hey Todd McFarlane still works here, so he drew a so he drew a terrible looking cover. Work being a uh, a relative term. We signed Todd McFarlane's paychecks. Yeah, Mark Mark Silvestri, Todd McFarlane, and Eric Larson contributed to a a cover uh, with Invincible. Um, you yeah. got Witchblade, Spawn, and Savage Dragon. All right, so the, I'm trying to think. The so the, of the original image creators, I guess the only two that work anymore is it just Eric Larson and Jim Lee. 
Uh, regularly, Eric Larson yeah. has surpassed them all. Eric Larson still puts out a book that's like just surpassed the. He's going to almost hit three hundred, just like Farland yeah. has no interest in doing stuff. Jim Jim Lee's Whitebell. largely fallen into a, like a like a publisher behind the scenes role, right? And uh, a vanity product. Like, hey, we're going to launch this series, so Jim Lee's going to draw the first five issues and then fuck off. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, so like, yeah. But I I would say the the yeah the out of all the image guys, this the only regular working artist that's still pumping out the issues is Eric Larson, though. So good good on him, I guess, in that sense. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this issue is just like the issue itself was like a was like a bigger than normal issue with four mini stories in it from each of those creators about their characters. Uh, introduced this introduced the villain of the villain furnace. Yeah, and then it's just Mark being sad. It's the entire issue. Yeah, they sum up some of the events that kind of went on too, but not really. Yeah, kind of just they, more like yeah. Yeah, they do like they do like Kill Bill style flashbacks of just like loud music over like red tinted shit. Anyway, issue sixteen, we get introduced to Angstrom Levy. Yes, a. I, I assume this character is going to be important later. Cause yes, possibly. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. Just, 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 just so that's a yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Angstrom Levy, he is a he's a dimension hopper. He hops over to another dimension where Invincible straight up just went with his dad and was like, yeah, we're fucking taking over. Uh, and he gets pulled out of the dimension by his counterpart in the main dimension. The only one of his counterparts that actually has the power to d- dimension hop. Yeah. OK, quick question. That that bit confused me. Because mm-hmm. like the way they jumped into multiverse, I was like, okay, is this multiverse thing where like Mark went with his dad? Is that going to become important? Not really, as far as I can tell. At least not yet. But I will say nothing. Time travel, Birdie. Time right. travel, Birdie. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I will. Yes, I will say nothing. All right. At least that's important at some point. Yeah. So meanwhile, on the real Earth. There's a fucking alien invasion. This time it's not Flaxons. This time it's actually a threat. As shit's just fucking popping off. Everything's going goddamn horrible. And then for some reason they retreat. Yeah. And it's at this point that uh, that Cecil decides, yeah, this new team's not working out. Right. Yeah, eventually uh, firing robot. Um giving Immortal back control of the team, but giving Robot the option to stay. In which, after three panels of the same art, Robot says yes. Right. So, I mean, you would take that as him being pretty pissed off, I think, but it was kind of like, I don't have anything else going on, so yes, I'll accept your offer. But, you know, as much as emotion you want to get out of these replicating panels right yeah. like i think for a robot face i would say he was not well, i mean i kind of like that they're taking advantage of the fact that his yeah. expressionless robot face because like, he's clearly a sentient robot with his own feelings and emotions but they use um the fact that he has an unexpressive face to hide his emotions they make it work yeah 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 it, it just I mean, feels- clearly he has emotions like again from the uh the what was the line from the uh uh, the recruiting drive from a few issues back. It's like some of you completely wasted my time, and I hate that you exist. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I know that was like cruel, and he kind of just like, okay, carry on. Like he kind of just throws it out there. Yeah, <laughs> like, 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 all right. Yeah, like I, I think I think like with this thing, the panels like like the repeating panels work for me because I can just like see a progress bar filling up in between each panel. And, just, and also, just, just just like running emotion.exe. I I I will say uh, again without spoiling stuff that Robot is one of the more complex characters yes, as Robot. Lasts. The story goes. Yes. I think uh, so. I'm like getting the impression they're going to do a lot with him because Kirkman seems to like him as a character. So that's fine. Yeah. Like uh, and yeah, uh, the other the other kind of joke here is uh, Damien Darkblood. He shows back up and he's got a new lead on who killed the Guardians of the Globe. <laughs> right. You look at the question sucked ass. So like that new question book you were reading? Yeah. The whole question was part of the Trinity of Sin. Hey guys, I figured out who murdered the. Co- yeah, we all know already. Yeah, we know it was, it was on the news. Oh well, okay then. <laughs> I guess I'll just show myself out then. Yeah, and, and yeah. So getting on, getting on from there, uh, kind of in a break from traditional superhero stuff, they show cleanup. They show like actual fallout from the fucking invasion. Yeah, and not in the typical, like, damage control way of, like, oh, this is a joke about the fact that we never talk about cleanup. <laughs> no, this is, this is like, not only them, not only them, like, showing, like, widespread destruction as part of this fucking, like, international invasion, but also showing the superheroes involved in the cleanup. Because, like, as this shit is, like, as, like, uh, William, like, Eve and Mark are, like, talking about relationship with William because it's, it's, that's still happening. And while they're doing it, they're actually actively involved in cleaning things up. They're the only two out there doing it. Well, yeah. I say only two. Uh, Titan is there. The rock guy from the first issue. And after Mark right, fucking uh, slaps the shit out of him, uh, he helps out. And this kind of gets into like, we'll get to Titan later, but I really like the, I I'm I'm really up on like the differentiation between super villains and super criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are criminals who have superpowers that work as criminals versus like the actual like wanting to be evil ones. Yeah, like Titan is just I'm just trying to get mine. Like yeah, this shit's fucked. I'll help out any way I can. Yeah, I think he says in a later issue like there is literally no money in being a superhero. So why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, after not being in the issue for most of it, Angstrom Levy shows back up with uh, his other universe self, as well as hundreds of others. Because he's got plans happening. Moon on issue 17, reconstruction is still happening. This is like two months after the invasion. Yeah. And they're still rebuilding shit. It's still fucking going. And then there's even the reference, I don't know if it's in this issue, about school now being delayed as a result, and they have to go to school in the summer. Yeah. Is that in this issue? Yeah, yeah. I believe Which I thought, I thought that was a really interesting touch, because uh, when he actually eventually gets back to school by the end of this, like it's like they're just watching videos, you know, because there's only like, you know, a few weeks left, technically, but it's in yeah. June, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The exact line is, whoever heard of school in July? Stupid aliens. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I like. I, I thought it was a, an interesting choice that he decided to do that. Like yeah. you said, and make it effective. Like this actually took a toll on these people's lives. What yeah. happened? 
Yeah, and they're still trying yeah. to put in the work of like making Amber and Mark feel like a real relationship and not just a stopgap before Eve. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this okay, I guess this is the point where I can talk about it. Like they do enough with Amber that she's not just a roadblock, but I st- I still don't think Kirkman that really knows what to do with her. Yeah. Once they get to the the one thing which is in this list of issues that I that they do with that they think is important to do with her. After that, she's just kind of there. Yeah, a little bit. It, it'd, be, it'd be like if instead of like marrying her and having like an ongoing relationship with her where their prospective lives conflict and sometimes uh, eek, irk each other. Like the moment Mary Jane found out Spider, she was, Peter was Spider, she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're Spiderman. Cool. So, uh, you want tacos? Coffee? <laughs> what, is she Deadpool now? <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's Chimichangas. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if it was Deadpool, it would be pancakes. Because Deadpool, as has been established in canon, doesn't actually like Chimichangas. He just like the way they sound. <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, Angstrom Levy breaks the Mahler twins out of prison for nefarious reasons i'm sure i'm sure well, um, i mean they explain why he needs them yeah later but not right now at, at this point it seems like a relationship of convenience for both of them they were yeah. they, well, they're both they're both using each other yeah. at this point in time it seems yeah, like just, right just like, I, yeah. yeah just i need your smarts and you guys need to not be in prison yeah um yeah i mean and you know they they they, they get shit out of learning from all the multiverse travel that they encounter, they, they do as well with the, with Angstrom Levy. Right. So, yeah. 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 And this is where we're introduced to Cape Sync as Mark heads to fucking New York and runs into them fighting a man with a real strong whack off arm. That shit is <laughs> vascular. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once again, uh, when in doubt, throw him in space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just he just goes he's like, hey, I can breathe. Hey, how long can I hold his breath? I don't know. Let's find out. Whoop. And and this is also where you're introduced to the Thor like character that's part of Cape Sync. Yes, Kid Thor. Yeah. That's literally his name. Yeah. <sighs> Man, like it's I I like this. I like I've always liked the idea of like superheroing as an actual profession. Yeah. Like have like he just like uh the guy who uh like one of the one of the guys gets really fucked up because he's he stole this he stole this fucking monster's girlfriend. And it's like, hey kid, thanks for the help. If you ever need like health insurance and overtime fucking hit us up. Well yeah, because like the I mean when superheroes were created, the idea was that like they're doing this of their own volition to better the world in some way. Yeah. But there's also the idea that most of these people have to devote most of their time and resources to doing this job. This, so maybe they should be rewarded like it's an actual job. Right. But what I like about this too is that it really drives home the fact that, and, and this continues on throughout the book, Mark 
continues to have all these great opportunities thrown at him, like being part of the Guardians of the Globe, uh, you know, maybe going and working for Capes, like doing this kind of stuff. But yet he kind of just does his own thing and he does the superhero superheroing because he wants to and he wants to help people. And he like and, and he's still going to go to school and he's still going to like live a well, re- like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like, yes, it's, but it's, like, the, the, the story also writes itself out of the uh, how does he afford his life yeah. thing on the back. So it's like, oh, don't worry. Like your your dad's quote unquote death made you a millionaire. So you and your mom are going to right. be set for life. So you don't have to worry about money. It's just, that's, so they wrote themselves out of having to deal with that particular. Well, actually, well, working. fuck. They wrote, they wrote themselves out of it. Like in issue three, because like that, when Mark quits his job in like issue three or something, like he, he works at like a burger mart or whatever, quits his oh, job. Right. His dad says, "Oh, you know, I make a decent amount of money. You don't really need to work that job." Yeah, yeah. You can you devote but, more. You, you still got to go to school and stuff. You can devote more time to superheroing now. But at least they bother to explain that. Yeah, yeah. You know what it, I mean, it, like, it, yeah, it, it, I, isn't, I, I, it isn't just yes, I'm wealthy because business. Right, like I like I get it. That is sort of a cop out, but at least they're actually drawing attention to it. Like, yes, this is why we can make up this excuse for this book. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah, this just is. Like, uh, you know, I, I I like how they they found ways to to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just it's some of the like Kirkman's writing in this is both simultaneously kind of clever and also lazy occasionally. There, like there's there's a lot of like like you we've been pointing out with like the Heroes Inc stuff or like with the the government's approach to things that feels like really well thought out and Kirkman's way of like having a believable universe while also commenting on superhero tropes. And then there's other stuff where it's just like Kirkman j- didn't want to do anything different with Mark that's not the traditional superhero narrative aside from like the specifics of it. So he just kept contriving reasons for not doing the traditional superhero story, despite him doing a lot to suggest that that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. Yeah. Anyway, Mark graduates high school and yeats yeah. his cap and- into the sun, which is to say England. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of a line from um, uh, Dark Avengers, which the uh, Dark Reign era. I don't know if you guys were reading Marvel comics at that point or not. Um, but uh, She-Hulk uh-huh. is beating the shit out of um, uh, the Sentry, who is on Norman Osborn's side, and she's like, "No one underhands me into New Jersey like I'm Dart." You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah but actually i I guess the question uh did either you guys get like graduation caps and shit like that yeah i did i didn't yeah i didn't i went up on stage well you 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 remember what my job is right (laughs) no yeah but i mean like high school graduation well, yeah, that too. I have a high school, college, and now I have to wear one again once a year, which is annoying. But. Yeah, no, I. Oh shit! Da, 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 da. Uh oh. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, when like when I graduated, um, I don't even think I got a robe. I went up there in like fucking jean shorts and a graphic tee. <laughs> you see, I would have preferred that because I had to sit in a giant giant stadium with 800 other people in worlds that were way too warm for early summer. And I was like, oh, 
Yes. Things get me out of here. Early summer in Louisiana. Yeah. That shit's swampy. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, issue 18, space. Where goes to space? It's Mars. There's... I'm guessing. Star there. Yeah, yeah, a Starro equivalent. <laughs> yeah, Star Star. Well, it's this. It's Starro without the central piece. Is the idea that I think. Yeah, it's just it's just a hive mind all of weird squid things. Usually, yeah, all the little ones that usually control people, minus the version of Starro, the the big central compute mental computer that ties them together. Yes, minus the kaiju from the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Also, this. Does Kirkman hate the Martians from DC? I think so. I can't think of any other reason why they're like this. It's like him and Goyer. Like, I mean, Goyer <laughs> hates most things. Like he's the he's the one who infamously said that She Hulk was created so that Hulk has someone to fuck. Green green porn star for the Hulk to fuck. Yes. Yeah. God. And only Mark Millar took him up on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, this I'm is so glad Logan did not pursue real old man Logan. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Thank fucking God. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this, this issue where Amber kind of puts out her drug dealing theory. Right. To both William and, and Eve, and both of them laugh their asses off. Yes, because it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, so Mark, go to space. Uh, protects, tries to protect the, tries to protect the astronauts. F- fails largely. Uh, eventually gets them off. We eventually gets them off planet, but one of the astronauts was replaced by a Martian. While the other Martian, while well, the other astronaut, the real one, got took over by the sequids, as they call them. Meanwhile, I uh, get introduced to Machine Head, the I'm guessing black mask equivalent. That's what I felt. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a, or maybe Bane. Yeah. Just Bane. Just some kind like just some kind of fucking crime boss. The crime boss that a Titan works for, which he is not happy working for. No. And it's not because he's a bad person. It's just Titan thinks he can run it better, as we discover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we eventually discover. Which I'm, yeah. Because well, it means at the end of this issue. But, uh, no, it's next issue. Yeah, which also brings oh, okay. yes, right. brings to light, uh, you know, Mark's, uh, you know, he's too honest a guy. You know what I mean? Like he kind of doesn't see the bad in, in people. Like he, he, Cecil even makes well, here's the, the here's comment the that it took him too long to recognize who the bad guy was in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> like where he's like, well, Cecil's like, come thing. on, kid. Like everything you know? Titan says to Mark sure. is true. It's not incorrect or like no. dishonest. It's just he leaves out the specific details of, yeah, I want to be Tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, issue 19. Uh, the astronaut, who's the Martian, settles in. He's cool. Even William break up, because of course they do. Yeah, like that. Like, I am by no means an emotionally mature man of any sort. And even I'm like, Dude, grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Titan uh, requests Mark's help to go try to take out uh, 
fucking uh, machine head. And this is where we get like the really interesting like ideology. And I really like this. I really like like getting into the ideology of criminals and stuff. Well, I mean, I, I like the idea, and other superhero related stuff have commented on this as well. Being a being a villain with superpowers does not necessarily mean you are evil. It means you 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 have made this your profession. <laughs> like the, you, you, you checked you checked villain on the uh, what would I like to be? What, where do I see myself in six years? Thing from high school. Yeah, like like he, like he basically points out like the villain side of things is entirely risk free. Like like when you're out there like doing like hero like heroism, all the villains are trying to kill you. And unless you get real fucking unlucky, none of the heroes are trying to kill you. So it's either you get away with the money and get to live pretty good for a while before you got to do it again, or you go to prison, live pretty good for a while, then break out because there are a thousand yeah. supervillains in one place. Yeah, the only the only bad scenario with being in the villain side, and he probably would have commented on this if he thought, mentioned it, that you had to be careful if you're not like on the top of the food chain. You need to be careful who you work for. Yeah. In uh, the villain, because like that's the like I I imagine that um among the what is that called the, the among like the just henching people in like the DC universe like there's often like an, in, an indeed style list of supervillains looking for henchmen. Yeah. And all of them just keep trying to get to like not the Joker, not the Joker, not the Joker. Yeah, <laughs> just just a roulette of like, all right, come on, give me something good, give me something good, give me something good. There, there's like there's like trying to get in with well actually fuck like in Gotham who would be the good villain to work for because they're all fucking terrible. Well, yes, but some are penguin. Like, penguin can, yeah, penguin's penguin. entirely it's entirely possible the penguin will just fucking shoot you or get taken out and replaced by someone worse. Yeah, but like penguin is also like a sensible businessman. He's you not asked, crazy. You asked if I had to pick somebody. If I Fair had enough. to, maybe yeah. if I were in like one of the versions of Bane where he's trying to be a crime lord. He's decent, even if he's like the Fidgley says, I must break you. But um, <laughs> I would say either him or Riddler, maybe Riddler. Oh, I feel like Riddler would just send Riddler, you. Like, Riddler would annoy the shit out of you. Yeah, Riddler like, would like send one you of those micromanaging bosses who like comes down to show you what he's working on to also make sure you're doing your job. But you can't. because yeah. He's showing you this new puzzle. He, made he would send you 25. You yeah, he would send you 25 memos a, a month, like essentially like requesting meeting times. But all of them are in the form of riddles. And then he'd get mad at you for not solving them fast enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if I had to pick, I mean, yes, like Bane is a possibility. Penguin's a possibility. If you have to go with one of the crazy ones, I'd say either Ventriloquist or uh, oh, maybe fuck that. Two-Face. <laughs> if you have to go with one of the crazy maybe two face maybe okay but i can't even picture bane I, yeah i know we're going off topic yeah. two face is a bit much um for me it would for me like uh, one actual option would depend entirely on what kind of killer croc we have because if he's just a guy with a skin condition then maybe him but if but if he okay. is like in full-on like i am a crocodile god right then maybe not. Yeah, fair. Yep. Anyway, breaking Machine Head's office and Machine Head has some people waiting for him, including a bunch of jokes and the one character in this fucking group who matters, Battle Beast. 
Yeah, which this really shocked me because how he was thrown yeah. together with these other characters, right? Revisiting yeah. this, that was that that was my biggest takeaway. I was gonna, I was waiting for you to bring it up. Was that I was like, wow, really? Battle Beast is in this scene. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, like um, like we got fucking the silver. Uh-oh. We got like the silver samurai, Electro, Paste Pot, Pete, two fucking yeah. flame dudes, and then yeah. the important one. Although I will say Tether Tyrant does show up again in this book. Yeah, he does. But again, he's Pace Poppy. He's the box. He's, yeah. he's the box he's ghost. Character. Yeah, he's a throwaway. But I don't even think yeah. I, remember, I don't even remember seeing the rest of these guys, though. Again, uh, Furnace, uh, maybe Furnace, maybe yeah, Furnace. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Furnace showed up in the zero issue and like not in the zero issue. I mean, the, the special like the image summer special. Yeah. And he like tries to fucking fight Invincible. And he's like, do you know how much I had to fucking refinance to build a new goddamn suit? <laughs> I used to be able to do whatever I want. Now I'm doing fucking contract gigs. Yeah. I'm just burning the shit out of them. And yeah. Invincible is just like. Which to me, actually, speaking of another like superhero kind of like, like making fun of the trope series that I like, uh, empowered often would make jokes about like uh, like the ridiculous loans you had to get to take any kind of powered suit at this point if you're not like born rich. <laughs> yeah. Or you have to, or you have to get the fee to pay, the the free to pay version, which they made a joke out of, where this entire team of super robots, um, they they kept losing their OS because they kept having to negotiate commercials inside the OS because they they opted for the for the cheaper version. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> anyway, yeah, they get fucking folded, uh, and. The Guardian and the Guardians all of the Globe showed up. Yep, all according to Kaku. And the Guardians and the Guardians of the Globe showed up. I was like, Guardians of the Galaxy. And Isotope, Machine Head's right hand man, fucks off. Then Samson and uh, and Bulletproof both get fucking bodied like real bad. And Battle Beast fucks off. While Machine Head hides under his desk. He's straight up hiding under his desk. Yeah, which I think uh, now that you say it, I think that's more in line with Black Mask than with Bane. So yeah, yeah also worth mentioning uh, the, the Isotope character, uh, his look, and the hence his name Isotope is actually the man, the owner of Isotope Comics, which is a comic shop. Uh, if you actually look up the owner, a picture of him, James Syme, he looks exactly like this character, even his fucking weird hairstyle. Okay. Yeah. That, that seems like the kind of thing Kirkman would do. At least in this series. Yeah, yeah it's it's just a little yeah little thing. I I, uh, I I I forgot where I came across that piece of information, but it's I know like you don't need to know that whatsoever. But if anybody's interested, yeah, just a little kind of him uh, putting a an actual person into the comic, I guess that he may have been friends with yeah. in a way. I thought it might have been Molecule Man. You know, Isotope, the hair, the, the whole. Th- I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Eve shows up in Mark's room saying, "Hey, we need to talk," and then Titan has taken over the business. Somehow finding a suit. Yeah, yeah, somehow finding a suit that fits him. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to uh, issue 20. uh, Eve quits. She realizes that... Well, she doesn't quit. She she quits being a hero. She realizes being a superhero is the least effective use of her powers to help people. 
And she's like, I can turn rocks into fruit. I have much better uses for my powers. Yeah. I am basically a god. Why am I making pink blocks? And she like explains it all to Mark and Mark's like, wait, what? why are you quitting? And then she explains it. He's like, oh yeah, bet. That's, oh, well, that's, yeah, bu- totally. that's much better. I support you totally. You go have fun. You, you do what makes best for you. And she has to, she pulls back. It's like, I want to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like before I go to Offered Africa, like, I want to get I, some. I, it was like, before she goes to Africa, she's like, I want to get some of that dick, but someone else getting it. Yeah, oh well, awkward, the, that awkward. I want. I want to grab his head. Fucking. Fucking. Seems like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we cut over to Angstrom Levy and the Mahler twins. I forgot to mention this last time, but we learned what his plan was, which is. I'm going to take every copy of myself from across the multiverse and put all of their brains in my brain. Right. And everything will be fine. Yes. Nothing will go wrong. Everything will be awesome. Now, excuse me. I'm going to go to why the last man where we're all having a lot of sex. Cause you know, cause you know what's hotter than having sex with nothing but women seeing 8 billion copies of yourself doing the same thing. It's like an infinite mirror effect. Yeah, or the biggest ego trip in human history. Yeah. It's like that one scene from American Psycho, but with just more of you. It would be hilarious if, like, they go to that world of nothing but women, and they all just end up fucking each other. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, that all of them go to the planet of only women, the, the dimension of only women. They're all like, eh, I, yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out of here, you ratchet-ass hoes. I want to fuck myself. Yep, and then England, where a man, Alt. where some fucking insmith looking motherfucker gets the graduation cap landing on his head, and he becomes the new god. <laughs> well, because the joke is, he says all this cult stuff is stupid. You should stop listening to other people. Listen to me, and then the hat is like, "We yeah. will listen to you." He's like, "Hey, what?" <sighs> yeah <laughs> oh fuck that is the weirdest fucking joke <laughs> I like it I think it's weird but yeah <laughs> yeah so Mark okay. Mark goes off to university it's university there's a professor who's a bit of a dick when a student walks in who's a bit of a dick you know who University. Talks to William, who is a bit of a dick. Yeah. And then the Reanimen show Mark up again. Trying to be the nice guy between two dicks. Yep. And then the Reanimen show up again. That same fucking zombie thing. Uh, he he abandons Amber because he has to go put on a super suit to come back and fucking fight the thing. Uh, which ends with which ends with that thing trying to block out, trying to like rip out both of his fucking eyes uh, before falling it before he drops the fucking robot and it crashes to a billion pieces in the ground. This, understandably, does not sit very well with Amber, who was like, oh, a robot zombie attacked my boyfriend, ran off. Yeah, and then we learned that this that the student from earlier, uh, whose name is D.A. Sinclair, is the one who made the re- is the one who made the Reanimen, and that's kind of where they where the name is first stated. Moving on, issue twenty one. Midnight City. 
We got ourselves a new Darkwing. Yeah, he's evil. Nightwing. Nightwing, <laughs> but evil. <laughs> yeah. No, he's Nightboy. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Darkwing's old assistant, Nightboy. <laughs> yeah. So he's Titan's Nightwing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that entire thing is just kind of great. Like, like he, like he goes, he goes to. There's a killer going. There's a killer going around in uh in Midnight City. Uh, Mark lands down there, talks to the new Darkwing, and then doesn't realize until Cecil straight up tells him, "Yeah, he's the murderer." And this guy has, unlike the, unlike the old Darkwing, actually has some powers. Uh, he has some tech that lets him be a bit stronger. As well as uh, go into another dimension in shadows. They start fighting, and Mark's like, Mark's, Mark's just fucking taking it, no selling all of it. And the guy thinks he's got some fucking like, leg up on him. Mark grabs his wrist, pull, he, Darkwing pulls him into the dark dimension, and then Mark just doesn't let go. And that's all he needs to do. He just he just sits there holding his wrist. The guy's like, "Let me go." No. Baby, come on. No, stop it. Please. You're going to jail. But I wanted to leave you in here to suffer. Well, too bad. Yeah, no. Fuck you. Bruh? Like what? <laughs> but I mean, you, you, you could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we also uh, check in with Robot and his like and his uh, work with uh, trying to find a cure for Monster Girl. It's not going very well. It's magic. It's weird. Uh, and then he goes and talks to a weird tumor baby. <laughs> In a container of some sort. I couldn't quite figure out where that was. Actually. Yeah, he's he is in a weird tube with a bunch of robot arms on it. And Cecil is also monitoring the Mahler twins, seeing what they're up to. Uh, issue 22. Um, Mark's trying to come up with some excuse to Amber because talking to her about stuff, then jumps out her fucking window on the third floor and vanishes. It's okay, though, because he's on crack, so he'll just get right back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> PCP's a hell of a drug, kids. <laughs> you know, being a drug dealer and all, he also gets high in his own supply. Yeah. Uh, Rick, a friend of Mark and Williams at university, is attacked at his home, knocked out, and taken somewhere. Eve, like a bizarre... Eve, like what white people think they do in Africa, flies in like a god, makes the land fertile, gives everyone water, and then fucks off. Just... I don't know, man. Yeah, it's... On the one hand, I'm happy she's doing it. On the other, it is like that asshole college girl who's like, I can fix everything for this for this culture. Yeah. Doesn't that make me a good person? And it's like uh, I'm a go to an African village where they all live in straw huts, and then I'm gonna dig them a well and give the children shoes. It's like, hey, you mean well. Fix the real problems, man. Africans can make shoes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's essentially one of those mindsets that's predicated on the idea that no one is responsible for the problems in Africa except Africans. Yeah. Which is a very uh, 
ignores history mindset. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, to the point where I mean, fucking Black Panther, a Marvel movie, pointed out how stupid that mindset is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, Angst Lobby's plan is about to go off um, as that's happening. Uh, the you mentioned earlier how like there's nothing like super about Amber that's like that like needs to be white. This entire scene exists because she's white. She calls over, yeah. She calls over one of her friends. One of her friends is black, and starts talking about, and starts talking about, you know, like, hey, I think Mark's into drugs and stuff. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And, she, and then her friend's like, "Don't look at me. I'm just black. I don't do drugs." Yeah. So that, but that scene also doesn't work. So it's yeah, uh, no. <laughs> like the only part of it that works is that she finally does the two, two, and two and two together thing and figures out who Mark is. Yeah, but just all of the all of the like bad two thousands humor lead up to that just is kind of irritating. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so actually, actually pieces together that Mark is invincible gets him to admit it. Uh, robot is working on uh like like changing the black Samson armor to make it work for Monster Girl as opposed to Samson. Because then she'll actually be able to use, she'll actually be able to be out in the field and to do stuff without having to use her powers and fuck herself over. And she even mentions, like, hey, robot, you're acting weird, like you're a person. Because I guess they didn't put that together. Uh, meanwhile, the guy, this, this seems very weird. I do not know, I do not get the point of this. Back at the Pentagon, uh, Cecil goes to talk to the guy who's monitoring the Mahler twins. And the guy is just like acting super fucking. He's acting like super fucking weird and like evasive and shit. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Me, that's me. I'm doing that. that mm. Maybe it comes up later, but for right now. That man was playing Galaga. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> it's, it's space, it's space invaders. <laughs> That's what that scene read as to me, but again, I don't know where the story goes. Yeah, and, and it's it could been... also just be a dropped plot point because, like, it, I mean, maybe if you guys reread it, you'll find evidence that it does. But you suggested that it didn't really matter who leaked the the report about what happened with Omni Man and, and Invincible, but that seems like kind of a big thing to just drop and pretend it didn't matter who did it. But, yeah, a little bit, but I, I don't know, man. It'd be like who who leaked all the plans for how to kill the Justice League? I don't know. Yeah, some guy. <laughs> it was Chuck? Oh yeah, the issue ends with us finding out what happened to Rick. He was taken by DA Sinclair to be turned into Miranda Men. And then we move on to the Zero issue. The Zero issue was an issue released um, like two years into two years into the Invincible Run. Cost fifty cents at launch, and it was. It's a recap issue that is plot relevant. Because this picks up almost literally at where we left off with like the Amber and Mark story. And then the next and then the next actual issue after this also picks up immediately after this book. Like it's literally like yes. one panel to the next. 
But I think that the zero issue served as a jumping on point because uh, Mark in revealing the fact that he's invincible to her uh, actually is able to sum up essentially who everybody is in his life and everything that's kind of happened up to this point. It's it's a recap of two years worth of book. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I commented as I was reading that issue to you guys, it's like, I realized I did not read this how it was intended to be read at the time. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was, I felt so weird, like having this whole issue recap something that I was not familiar, that I was intimately familiar with. Cause I'd read it in the last week or so, okay. but, yes, but the courage was like, Oh, right. This came out over the course of years. So this might be more necessary to yeah. someone who yeah. hasn't. Uh, but I mean, again, the big, I guess, takeaway, too, from this is by the end of this, because he opens up to her, she uh, decides to have sex with him, I guess, for the first time at the end of this, which is what leads us into the opening of the next issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah which I guess when she's about to and then it kind of cuts away. Yeah. Uh, as we into issue, then- issue 23 and the longest running potential joke of this entire series. And so, dear reader, we turn our attention elsewhere to give young blank and blank some privacy. This is a family title, after all. That yeah. happens more than once. <laughs> it does, yeah. Just every time someone's about to fuck, except for the one time, they go, we'll give them some privacy. Mm-hmm. And the one well, time... This is also where they cut away so that Kirkman could kind of explain the background of some of the characters that he had put into the book that he wanted to expand upon. Yeah. This entire was useful. Yeah. Sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. This issue, uh, they use it to explain the origins of uh, the origin and backstory of Alan, the alien, as well as his people and his history with the coalition of planets and the Viltrumite empire. Because as we learned earlier, the Viltrumites blew up his planet, but a chunk of them managed to escape and thus began a, you essentially a genetic engineering project with the approval of the coalition to, make a person from their race suitable to fight the Viltrumites. Right. And then if the whole task of him going planet to planet was not only to see, because you remember how he said about that whole thing about the people that had to fight him. He wanted to make sure they were good protectors of those planets, but it was also to make sure that if there was people out there that could beat Alan in a fight that they would like to, uh, basically try to get them to join them against the Viltrumites because that means that they're stronger uh, than um, than, the, than the, these aliens, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole, because Alan was an exception to that rule, being one of the more superior um, people, like, you know, beings of these alien, yeah, right, of he, this yeah, alien he, race. Yeah, he is yeah. essentially stronger than everyone except any of the Viltrumites. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like, apparently all of his tough training and powers do not in any way make him able to fight Viltrumites. <laughs> yeah, like th- that's kind of why Vil- like that's kind like, they use this entire thing as like setting up the Viltrumites as as much of a threat as they are because like they put fucking so much goddamn time into making Alan and he was able right. to like take out these massive alien threats and do all the shit and then one Viltrumite came along and just fucking slapped his dick off. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Literally, and then given the state he's in. But... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he reports to the Coalition Council. And for some reason, Battle Beast is on this council. Is he? I didn't catch that. Hold on. 
<laughs> yeah. Is he really? Yeah, j- just yeah. Like as he's as he's describing what's happening, as he's describing you know oh, Mark yeah. and them. There's there's <laughs> battle beast. I see him there. That's so strange. They must have not had plans for him past like that other scene. Honestly, like that, like because they first they show he shows up as like a D list villain. Yeah. And then now he's just sitting on the council, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. Okay. I will fail upwards. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So Alan, after giving her support, goes off and meets with his girlfriend, but and she's like, "Yo, fuck me." He's like, "I can't laws and stuff." Oh, dead man. Although there is other people. No, yeah, I know. It's just, it's just the, it's, it's, yeah. it's the exact same facial hair, the exact same armor. But he looks different than what his original, like the appearance that we saw in these issues isn't what they decided on moving forward for his design as well, though, right? You know, he changes his look. The, the uh, artist, Ryan Otley. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, you're right, though. That is weird. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, so eventually he caves. And they just fuck. Cut to yeah. some time later, and he gets attacked by Viltramites. Three of them. And they beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Do they ever? They, like, cut his fucking arm off, cut his leg. Like, they cut his arm off, fucking punch a hole in his chest, punch his eye out of his face. And he survives yeah. all this somehow. Yes, which is what I was referring to earlier about characters just walking away from like, <laughs> like getting like fists put through them and karate chopping their heads off. Yeah, but like we see him in like in like this equivalent of like the fucking healing chamber from Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh cut back to Mark. They have had sex. He puts on his clothes and flies away. Wee issue 24 the final issue we were talking about uh this is kind of the culmination of what they've been building up to with angstrom levy yeah uh he finally has the plan going everyone sitting every one of his copies sitting in this weird like matrix power generator chair as the Mahler twins activate the machine and begin putting all the juice into his fucking cranium then invincible shows up uh luckily though uh, fuck, good old Angstrom had a plan of bringing in every copy of the Mahler twins he could find across the multiverse. As it's just, this turns into this fucking big old brouhaha trying to, trying to like fuck shit up as Angstrom's like, no, you fuckers, don't kill him. Just let me, think. goes to take the helmet off, which causes a massive explosion. Briquetting the fuck out of all the Mahler twins, except for three of them. Well, two and a half. Yeah, fair. The guy is half briquette. And Angstrom, uh, in the process, gets so fucked. He is a monster. Yeah, his brain now stretches to his shoulder blades, uh, is outside his skull, and he's bleeding from every orifice. And and, yeah. and now we have the reason for him to be a villain of Invincible. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. Reason. Yeah. Because like that, that the that being the reason why he hates, um, Invincible is stupid. Because in the same issue, like it just seems like a series of contrivances. Actually, because like on the same issue that he 
decides I will destroy Invincible. He also says, wait, no, I want no blood on my hands. I just want to merge all these people into my brain. Well, yeah, and because then, because like he, he was like, hey, I want to do this. Doesn't think about the consequences. Then he fucks up and doesn't want to blame himself, so he blames Invincible. Yeah. Yeah, that's but that's the part only part like but I hate that they also like apparently fucked with his memory so he doesn't remember that he tried to stop someone from killing someone else just so that they could justify oh he's going to be a murderous supervillain that's my point it's just that it's in some ways it kind of works in others it's kind of a dumb superhero contrivance it's like when in the super spider-man 2 movie uh uh, Ock, Ock starts talking to his his octo arms, and they keep telling him, "Gotta steal things, kill things." Of course, it makes total sense. This is all yes. Spider Man's fault. Thank you, robot arms. <laughs> You're my best friend. Hi, doggy. Kill them all. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Bop it, twist it, pull it. <laughs> Uh yeah, and then the fi- the fifth volume of the trade paperback just has a bunch of secret origin stuff that will be relevant for the next issue, I think. But yeah, that's the first twenty four volumes of uh, fucking Invincible. So, Bernie, yeah. final thoughts? Because uh, you know, I guess I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's worth mentioning. I think you had tried um, reading Invincible during our time doing the show at one point and maybe left a little cold after reading maybe the first trades worth of issues. I remember you saying like, when does this get good or something along those lines? Two or three volumes are kind of blah. A little bit. Yeah. The the reveal of Omni-Man being the heel. I was kind of like, I was kind of like, this is fine. This mm-hmm. is there. And like, once they got past that, the story, well, that's the other thing. Like, even after they got past that, the story just kind of grinds to a halt again with just more setup and more just kind of one-off stuff. And because of the constant one-off stuff, and you had mentioned this earlier, Dead, that because this is just an ongoing and there's no like push for like the trade arc thing, it's kind of hard to tell how the story is paced a lot of the time to where it just feels like it'll, it'll go stretch for nothing happening for a long time. And then, Oh, well, we're doing this now. Okay. And that yeah. bugged me on occasion. Uh, I still don't think Amber serves a purpose beyond that one bit of the bit where the superhero explains his superhero origin to a normal person. Yeah. You're but not I wrong. No, I will see if, that changes in any way, but I doubt it because I, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in the one true ship rule, but it seems pretty clear that the one true ship is supposed to be Eve and Mark. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go but on. overall you enjoyed reading it. Yeah, like, no, there's, there's still a lot of like, more. I, I, yeah. Like I will read more. Um, I'm interested enough in these, like the character writing is strong for the most part. And I like, I like Mark as a character a lot. And he, he and Eve are probably the two things pulling me forward. A couple other characters that are kind of minor. There's probably something interesting going to happen with them down the road. Like, it's, like we've all pointed out, this is mostly set up. But, um, yeah, I just I, I hope that, like, Kirkman stops, like, hitting the gas and letting it off 
so consistently because it feel it feels very stopped. Oh, it does. Okay. It does. Yeah, and that and and, and I and, don't mind like slow parts between storylines. It's just like the pacing is so right. weird with these first few volumes that I, I can't absolutely it builds momentum. Right, and it, and I did mention that earlier in our conversation here on the show. That was one of the first things I said revisiting this. The pacing does seem very off and weird. Like he's tried like the things he tends to focus on, and and it, within that first arc and and trying to be on bias towards it like obviously we've talked about how much i i love the series already as dead man as well but i think it's one of those things that does get better as things build and as the series goes on so yes i'm coming from a place knowing where it goes where i quite enjoy it like like for me uh it peaks somewhere around a, a character uh like the series uh dinosaurus which is later on in the series which yeah. i'm just gonna say that uh that's like peak invincible for me at that point like when it gets to that storyline which is probably like 70 or 80 issues into the series so like and and it, and it builds up to that point um but you know and it's just one of those things where I, I i think it does get better as it goes and and revisiting this i agree with you the first tr- trade maybe trade and a half's worth of this series it's it is pretty basic and it is a little bit weird with the pacing and the things that they tend to focus on and the stuff that the storyline you know where where it's headed it feels like at first but then i think that as the uh, characters get a little bit more established and as it kind of builds and grows it does get better from there but i i would i would mostly agree with you i also felt that the start of this was uh sort of weak compared to what kind of follows um yeah yeah i'm much the same with nico um i i'm really i really enjoyed like kind of coming back and like looking at the series uh from like you know a more I guess nuanced lens now that I'm like better at doing this, but it's, it's, it's neat. Like seeing the beginning of all this stuff, seeing where all these like yes. interesting characters came from. And I will hundred percent agree. It is very rough in the beginning. Yeah. Like not just from like an artistic perspective with like Corey Walker, nothing against the guy. It's just not great. Well, it's just like, I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with his art. It's just that, one, I know where Ryan Otley goes, but it's also, um, like, I've seen fan art based on, like, covers and images from Invincible. I'm like, this is not what I expected to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that first that, that first volume, it does feel like kind of a slog because it's just, hey, we're going to go, like, fucking breakneck pace through what you expect a teen superhero to do and then end it with, oh, by the way, his dad's a murderer. Right, and then and then it's like having like the weird kind of pacing from there. Um, getting it's interesting, like how much of the like mundane shit is like involved in like especially this early stuff because once once shit gets fucking going, yeah, that just that just leaves. <laughs> like cut the brakes. Like we're just gonna go nonstop for the next like you know what I mean? How many yeah, issues? Like one crazy thing to the next. Like really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like like there are and. Like the character writing, I think is still there. The character writing, especially for Mark and like his, and like yes. his and like his mom and dad, uh, I think those three. I really enjoy the writing with those three. I really enjoy the relationship between those three. I like seeing, I like going back and seeing the like little hints that have been there from the beginning about what Nolan was. Yeah, that I didn't catch like first time around, and. Yeah, this is still like it's it's not it's rough. It the beginning of it is very rough. But I feel like, like especially you know, especially in, like the back half of the stuff we read, it started like find its footing a lot more. It started to do 
it yeah. started, it started like you know the groundwork for a lot more interesting things and i really want to trying to be the stop trying being the center the centerpiece for an image cinematic universe no at this point it was still trying to do that and you know, like, beyond this point yeah i think there's still times where it, it oh. does try to yeah there is yeah, there's th- big there... fights that occur down the line that they try to bring everybody to the forefront of the fight like everyone's involved yeah. like you know they, what i mean they like, bring, so they bring tech jacket into this there is a crossover with another book that only lasts like 26 issues called the amazing wolfman astounding wolfman actually i think it is yeah fuck it yeah i know whatever the book, I'm just saying. The, book, <laughs> the book was fine the name doesn't matter sure does no <laughs> no but yeah it's the spectacular wolf man <laughs> actually oh, no is this one of those side books like the one with the dinosaur that has human hands or like robot hands super dinosaur yes <laughs> <laughs> i didn't remember what it was called i just remember an image of a t-rex with robot arms that's all i remember but no yeah, yeah. that was invincible the first 24 issues at least yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, yeah, everything we said there, I, I it does get better. And uh, I, while I did enjoy revisiting it with uh, having knowing what's coming, I was able to still get a lot out of it. But I think on its own, trying to be unbiased into the fact that uh, what going off of what Birdie had said previously, at least uh, I agree that it's kind of yeah, it, it is rough to just take what dead man said there that word yeah, i agree and, yeah and like the, like it. yeah like like and actually to your point nico like you said you read this in trades like i think these early issues read better in trades yeah like even even if it is a little bit weird of like hey there's a month between each issue and release but you're reading them all at the same time like, like with like with the zero issue and stuff like that is that was a little bit weird but like if you know the context then yeah. you'll be able to like blaze through this early stuff, get like get, like the good character writing you want, and then eventually get into the real shit. Yeah, because because at first it just feels it does feel like just more basic superhero fare, and 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 other than the hook that of yeah. him killing them at the end, and and I think if you get to that point and you've shown any interest in it whatsoever, I think you still need to read like probably you know a few more issues past that to kind of really get into it, like to the point where Omni Man fucks off and goes off on his own. Like honestly, and from there moving forward, I think the the book takes a turn for the better and i think that they were able to focus on mark as a character and kind of his world and the characters around him more so after his dad's out of the picture like i think that whole that whole second half of the, what we've read here got really interesting i think at that point for me like more the so. more and more we discuss books like this where like the beginning is a little bit is a little bit iffy the more and more i begin to understand people who say the game really opens up after 20 hours <laughs> right yeah, and it's, it's not that there's no truth to that assertion. It's just it's a matter of what exactly do you have to put up with in the early parts? Because, like, I'm right. not going to sit here and say there's nothing good about these initial issues. I'm just saying that after, like, five years of U2 in my ear, I I was kind of expecting something a little bit more spectacular, for lack of a better uh uh, character name. Yeah, that's the Wolfman. All right, but, but. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like, like get, getting into this book with two people who have been talking almost nonstop about how good this book is is not a great way to get into this book. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's why I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can be, like re-examining the start of this series, because I truly do think that is the case of it getting better. To, to I, I don't want to repeat myself here, but yeah. But also, you know, everybody's going to have their own opinion of it, right? You may yeah. not not like it as much as, as me yeah, or I Dead Man. We'll see. I mean, it's, right? it's so, at least my favorite Kirkman work. Um, not saying much. Yeah. I, 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 I don't like Walking Dead. I know some people like it. Uh, I mean, I guess Dead likes it, but no, no, I don't. Names. Yeah, and I kind of like the one where he, uh, a guy beats demons out of people, but not <laughs> completely. But outcast, yeah, outcast. Yeah, I actually kind of really dig his uh, a book he's currently doing, um, Oblivion Song. It's like a sci-fi book. I, I I quite like that book that he's doing right now. He's working on, but I don't think it's one of those books that anybody's talking about. And uh, he's also doing one called Firepower, which is basically Iron Fist with Chris Somney on her. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, this uh, fucking which is all, that, I didn't know that was Kirkman. I didn't know fucking the Oblivion, Oblivion Song was Kirkman. Yeah, I didn't know Oblivion it Song is. was Kirkman. It's a very different – like, he, he really likes the sci-fi stuff, I think. He kind of excels, I think, more so in that that arena, actually, yeah, um, more Oblivion so. Oblivion Song was cool. I, I liked I like it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I fell off, and I haven't read it in a while. Yeah, that's fair. But, but, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it was enjoyable. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So that is going to be doing it for this episode. Um, we, like I said, we will be returning to invincible at some point in the not too distant future. Uh, but we have other yeah, books we want to talk about in between there. That and talking about only a, a sixth of the book took three hours. Yeah. And also I am pretty sure like Nico, you're going on like an entire recording break for like the next month or so. Yeah. Nico's getting too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually came here to join you guys during my uh, so-called break uh, from recording, actually. So again, sorry about that, but (laughs) no, no, that's okay. It's not, uh, it's I always have a great time. No, it's, it's uh, yeah. In terms of, yeah, late night chat network stuff. I kind of just, uh, I've stopped being full time on the show and I'm kind of just, uh, as needed kind of and, and on certain shows uh, and podcasts uh, at, at this point over there. So, yeah, I'm just trying to do a little less kind of show up like we do with these every now and then, which I always enjoy doing. Same thing over there kind of yeah. thing. You know what I, I seem mean? to see so, a pattern yeah. here. You hang out for three years to become part time. <laughs> That's my threshold. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. I, I've had enough. No. You, you can handle three years. You can handle three years on an actual schedule and go. I don't know, man. Call me when you need me. I'm gonna go fucking lie down. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm working. Like, I'm working shit. like five jobs. I'm selling comic books inside of a hospital. I don't fucking know. It's it's so fucking true, man. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. I, I it's a lot. Multiple jobs, multiple podcasts. You see where I'm going here? You get tired. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. thank y'all for joining us. If you, the folks at home, have a comic one here to discuss in a similar fashion, uh pay us. Yeah. Yeah. Ten bucks <laughs> will do a comic. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd love that. I would love for somebody else to dictate just, what we read. That would be fun. Just, yeah. just make sure it's, you know, readily available and not porn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good point. Those, and, are, uh, those, those, are, basically, yeah, those are basically our two things. Uh, those are two stated rules. Otherwise, even if we still have fucking carte blanche to say fuck you. And also, I don't know if you put that out there in the world yet, but I know Birdie was urging you to say, if you really want us to watch a certain train wreck that exists right now, possibly. Yeah. Then, if, you uh, want, yeah. if you want this fucking crew to sit down and watch the Snyder Cut. 
Yeah, all have to pay us a lot more. Hours of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a special. Yeah, I made a idea. I made a joke about us doing that, and both of these guys started having panic attacks. <laughs> it's true. Well, just just I was just yeah. I was like, hey, when do you hey, when do you guys want to do the Snyder cut now? It's like, hey, Snyder cut, so like four hours. When do you guys got time? And then both of them sent me gifts of just people going like. <sighs> Mm. Yeah, well, the thing is... Yeah, I have surgery <laughs> this year. Yeah, I'm gonna... Oh, no, my internet... Oh, to no, fair, my dear did... Aunt Euphemia has passed. My excuse at the time, while true, was about my hiatus, and I would not have come back for that. <laughs> I'm happy to come here and talk about three hours of Invincible. Not, I would not have done that, though. So, folks, if you want to see it happen... Yeah. Put your money where you're about this. <laughs> Streamlabs.com slash death store prods. One time payment, ten bucks. You get a dictated comic, series of movies, whatever. Uh for for Snyder Cut of sixty. You sixty bucks Canadian. Which I know is like fucking like twelve bucks American, whatever. It may be well worth it. I could I could imagine some great commentary on that one. Yeah. But Once again, uh, yeah. streamlabs.com to the store prods. Uh, if, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, just link in the description. If you're listening to this on the site, thank you. Uh, but we have just had the Patreon over there. Yeah. There you the go. only advantage we could maybe have with Justice with uh, Snyder Justice League is that so much of it is slow-mo. If we set it at 1.5 speed, we could <laughs> get it done in a, in a quarter of the time. Yeah, it's like, all right, everybody, all right, everybody worried about the Snyder Cut. Be sure to set your player to 1.5 speed. Let's go. We, we're, we're trying to cancel out the literally two hours of slow-mo. <laughs> well, at 1.5 speed, it'd be... So it turns into the circus music. Appropriate. Yeah, you speed up so Titans fast enough, it just turns into... Yeah. Now they play it slowed down so they can think in slow motion about the time that the circus killed Donna. That goddamn lighting truss. Anyway, yeah, so we got all that stuff coming. Uh, regular stuff that we're doing. I'm back doing the videos. Woo, check it out on YouTube. YouTube, but nice. in between now and then, though, we're gonna be having all our other shit until that stuff, though. I'm dead. I guess I'm birdie still. <laughs> you always <laughs> take Nico. you always take five minutes to respond. <laughs> I'm invincible as the cartoon cuts to every time. <laughs> we will see you guys oh, you next mean, time. Like the, like the Avengers joke, Avengers blank. Yeah, just Avengers fill in the blank. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.